All right. Hello, Race Brain Podcast. What's going on? My name is Rich Ryan. Bracken Crocker is here. Jack said he's going to come. Who knows? But we're going to hold it down right now. Bracken, what's up, dude? I'm really, really enjoying this new software. You like it? They don't get to see it, but the countdown really gets you into, into race mode. It's nice. We, ha- we have. I was going to play. Hold on. Hey, 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 Brack, in case you didn't, I don't think you even know, but this was, this was our intro music and it's back now. This is it. This is what it is. I like it. If I gave you like a true or false, give you like three or four audio clips, you think you could have picked that one out as ours? I didn't know we had our intro music. I knew it. I knew it. So yeah, we, we have a new software. Uh, there's a couple pieces of it that are going to be, uh, take a little bit of time on my end to make sure I understand all of it completely. Last week we had some poor audio quality because of it. We, there was some Did options we? that, yeah, there was a lot of like background noise. Like oh, the yeah. breathing you're, came you're through heavy. heavy. Breathing. That was, it was yours. Honestly, no, it was, I thought for sure it was going to be mine. I've been like, I've been working on that. I've been working on like my mechanics for breathing just for the podcast. I'm dedicated to this craft, but, and I thought I'd kind of clean that up. But it was BK over here huffing and Get out of here. I swear it was. Lisa, I, she's like, hey, pulls her headphones out. This race brain episode, Rich's breathing is so loud. It's it was yours. I'd be talking and be like just in, in the background snoring. And it, I don't think it was Jack. I think it was BK. I don't I'm not I'm not claiming it. Well, we can't do it. So we're gonna clean that up. There's a couple options. I'm pretty sure I know how to, and I know how to get to to run through something else as well. And also we're on video on Spotify now. So if you are a Spotify listener or if you want to check us out on video, we are always on YouTube, but now we're going to have an available podcast video for you. And also this really cool sound, sound drops. I'm not going to play them all because we have stuff to get to today, <laughs> but, there, but, we but we're going to mess around a little. We're, 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 we're going to play around. We're going to hit Jack with him when he's not going to know what's coming and he's going <laughs> to, yeah, Jack's going to get something. So today... We have a couple things to cover. We're going to talk about High Rocks Sydney, first race in Australia. We're going to talk about Grit Games and uh, Rally in the Valley. So we had a couple of different hybrid style events and also a hybrid fitness race, one of the first ones. So BK, you want to start with uh, High Rocks? I want to start with, can we get a round of applause here? Let's, let's just, let's get this thing going. How's that? Crescendo. It, it built. People understood. Some, it was like one person clapping. It was almost like a slow clap. And they all caught on to the fact of why I was asking for a round of applause. And that was because you got your foot in the door and you finally got in the booth with the OCR report. <laughs> I was there. Jason Dupree hit me up. I was like, I'm available. I'll get back to you. I'll see. <laughs> Amy! <laughs> Clear the schedule. I'm going in there. But yeah, I had uh, I had some painting to do that day, but I got in and got to watch the second event, the Burpee, the Burp 400 test. With, yeah. Uh, with so we can get mind. to that later, but I wanted to start out giving you your your flowers. Thank you. Thank you. I've broken through. Podcasting is just in the past now. Now I'm live events only. I'll put my rates out there. You can contact my agent and uh, we can continue to work forward. If you had to pick an agent in this space who's not an agent... Anyone in the OCR community, running community, hybrid community that is not an agent, who are you picking right now? You have to pull someone out of your phone to represent you. 
I would probably pick Kent. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a pretty hard charger when he believes in something like he has no problem, like sticking it up for like going out and he has experience with brands and he's been paid to do that. So I think Kent would be a good agent. How about you? Interesting. Jack's here. Hello. I'm here. Sorry to work call, but it sounds like you're talking about sports agents. uh, If there was a sports agent, Bracken, pose your question to Jack. If you had to have someone represent you today in a meeting, negotiating something for you, sport related, someone in our space, someone in your phone who is not an agent, who are, who's your, you got one call. This person's your lifeline to represent you. Who are you choosing? Kent's a good pick. I'd probably pick Mm. Yancey though. Mm, I mean, you just, good negotiator, good, good salesperson. He's got business, you know, expertise, a lot of history with that as well. Kent, from the athlete, if I had to pick an athlete, I think that's a very good choice. And Yancey obviously is an athlete as well, but um, I think given what he's doing, building the DECA brand over time and just his previous career pre-OCR. Yancey ran 57 choice. seconds in the quarter, so he's a oh, yeah. crazy yeah. athlete. Impossibly yeah, fast. Impossibly fast athlete. Yeah. Might be the he's fastest able... athlete in our space in a 400. I mean, he's not. He's definitely be in the final heat. <laughs> that's for sure. It's him or Sean Roberts. Yeah. Either or. <laughs> Come down to a kick finish. Who do you pick, Bracken? If I were going boomer bust and I wanted to make an impression, I'd call Hunter McIntyre. But just mm-hmm. the odds of the bust happening, the odds of them just walking away or giving the sponsorship to Hunter instead would just be too high. That, that, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not getting that over him. To represent <laughs> another person might be a challenge. I would say someone like maybe Matt Kempson. Yeah. I could see that. I, f- I feel like he could do a. Very well could do spoken. a good job, but maybe I would just choose the person with the most sponsors. Like whoever we look at, just like they always have a sponsor, and I'm not really sure why. For sure, that person. That's a good one. Someone who's ri- who's rising up the ranks, like a Katie Knight. I'm sure she could probably learn something from Hunter. Who's now getting in there? Is, yeah, mm-hmm. has grown her has grown her following an incredible amount. So she's doing something, and she's she's making yeah. deals. Wheeling I wouldn't deal. include her in the. It's like, would you want a Scott? I don't Boris? know why I call him. Would you want I, a Scott I, Boris I, I style understood. person? Or... Okay. Was that Jack? Yeah. Oh, would you want a Scott Boris style person where he's just like, I'm only getting the best offer. You got to break the old record for the highest contract. That's all I'm doing. Or would you just want a reasonable person? Yeah, you got to no... You got to have a dog. Yeah, Magida Magida's another one. <laughs> oh, would be. I I don't know why I said it. Yeah, David oh yeah. Magida. He, he he's kind of yes. like the obvious choice here, and not he just did. because he's Jewish. <laughs> that's that's not part. Not it might be part of it, but it's not the only reason. He is yeah a hard charge. He, he and he can he Magida can make an would argument. Make an excellent. Magida would make an excellent like sports talk show host. He, he could take either side. I know that we do that on on some episodes of stuff, but like when David believes in something, he's he all was like, "Why was I not? Yeah, was like, why was I not invited to be on Race Brain?" I was like, "Oh, I don't really know. Talk to BK." Yeah. <laughs> now, Busy. now, now it's my show. I'm just kicking it. I'm just kicking everything <laughs> to you. You're just because you're just when those complaints come in, you're not yeah. even gonna you're not even gonna feel them. You're just gonna nope. eh. not even gonna see them. <laughs> not even gonna look at them. All right, Jack. We're gonna start with High Rocks, Sydney. In Australia, do they spell Sydney with an I? I saw it spelled with an I somewhere. Hmm. They might Should just not have a strong scholastic system. Hmm. Former so, penal penal colony and all. So for everybody, so we're gonna we're starting off strong with our Australian audience who are here. <laughs> Bracken, you're gonna you're gonna be to Australia what Rich is to the whole world. I love Australia. My sister lives in Australia right now. 
We might be heading down there. Gotcha. We should go. We should Ooh, hit up. Nice. Uh, they have another race in, I think, what, two weeks? Brisbane, potentially? I'll have to look it up. Brisbane. Brisbane or Melbourne. So, yeah. host of the 2032 Olympics, I believe. High Rock Sydney, first ever High Rocks in Australia. We had some bit heavy hitters come out to it. Uh, the results on the men's side James Kelly finished 59 18. I think his PR is more was like 58. 30-ish, 20 high. I'm not exactly sure. Ricky uh, Garrard was 62-21, and Chris Woolley was 63-37. On the women's side, Olivia Leonard was 70-39, Caitlin Van Zeel was 75-51, and Kim Mercer was 118-09, 78-09. So, fellas, what are our takeaways? Let's start on the men's. What do we think? I mean, let's pick up where we left off. We had a CrossFitter come in, and I put the over-under on you can't go faster than 64, 65 in your debut unless you've been really prepping for this, and he did. Mm -hmm. And I believe that Kelly and Wooly proved that the course was pretty legit. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the, the sled push was very fast, but the times overall were, I think, the times you'd expect these gentlemen to run. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's more than a minute fast. The entire course. I'd say it's one minute away from like the most average course they'd probably run. Maybe two. And even if you gave it two minutes, which might be too much, that's still a 64 for him, which is already on the fast end of what I thought he could possibly do. So a 62, if we think it's legit or not, I'm blown away. I'm really impressed. He didn't have the big crumble. He got tired, but he was still yep. able to walk in lunge. Unbroken still wall balls. Pretty well on wall balls. He's unbroken. Like three, three well. I mean, he didn't go like Meg or or Miriam sub three, but like he was Miriam. unbroken. Like there's not unbroken. a ton more you're gonna do other than pace. So I was very, very impressed. So I guess what what do we watching? Uh, let me, let me just real quick. I guess about these times because we're gonna talk about the times in general. I feel like we need to stop talking about the times how they're gonna compare to U.S. times. And now, like, all the other courses in the world, those are the appropriate times to go off of. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. times might just be, like, a little slower. Because <laughs> we're always like, oh, this course is probably a minute and a half, two minutes fast. I just think that those are what the times are now. Like, that's just what we can expect all the time. Two and a half minutes on the sled yeah. push, it's going to be a minute faster, 90 seconds faster probably than both sleds total. And uh, We're at altitude. We that's basically we're just it. Everyone else is altitude. sea level. We're exactly. at altitude. Exactly. Jack, sorry, I cut you off. What's up? Oh, no, I, I was just going to say, if you watched the video, um, I know that the sleds were ridiculously fast, but just watching Ricky Garrard in particular go on the sleds, he's against Chris Woolley, who's done this a lot. I know he's not one of the bigger athletes, but he can still move. James Kelly, he's got some strength on him. James Newbery, obviously solid CrossFit Games athlete as well. Just Ricky, I, that was just stupid how easy <laughs> he made it look. Um, you can see true power and that's mm -hmm. what crossfit games athletes have like you have a lot of strong people in ocr for ocr comparison but just watching him go i was like this is ridiculous just seeing him do that and everyone else is trying to go almost the whole 12 and a half meters unbroken and he's just coasting by him it was it was very impressive he, he truly doing. hammered it he that was as yeah. aggressive as i've seen anyone push that thing mm -hmm. and he i was Interested when I was, when I was watching the women's race, the women's race was a little bit before Caitlin Van Zyl, who is a high level CrossFitter. Um, and on and CrossFit, she's not necessarily like a 
uh, a strength athlete. She's more of a generalist, maybe more leaning toward endurance. And she still looked like bigger than the rest of the competition out there. And I was like, is Ricky going to be a monster? Like, <laughs> how ridiculous is he going to look? Did you guys see that side by side with him and Wooly on the row? Mm-hmm. It was like an actual gorilla. Was it was he was and he Ricky's the same way. He's not like a strength based crossfitter. He's more of a generalist, but much better on like the endurance side of things. And uh, but he's still so big. He's still so just so jack. You guys have been around Chris and Pert, like a deck of field world champs. You saw him, Rich. I don't know if you've oh, seen yeah. him. We hung before, out in but, like, Vegas. Got, oh, that's you your boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But by like OCR standards, he's got like a barrel chest, just like a, a bigger jacked. guy. <laughs> he just looks like a middle schooler compared to CrossFit Games athletes. And we all would realistically. I mean, that's the difference between our generalist and their generalist. Our generalist is like pushing three bills on squat. Mm-hmm. They're front squatting that for reps. Yeah. Like yeah. our generalist is, they're yeah, I, and they're, they're they're splitting like what three? What what would a generalist split or or even snatch? Yeah, three twenty five. Uh, snatch they would be snatch they'd be snatching. under like for, for, heaviest, for split like three eighty five two eighty five for a snatch from split uh, if clean it. Cl- That's a good two seventy five plus. You're probably clean and jerk probably level. like three forty. Yeah, and it's, so it's just like they're yeah. they're people who aren't strength athletes are stronger than our strength athletes. It's yes. just there's such a difference. There's a huge divide there, and so the people that would come over that would be set up for this are not only the better endurance end of the pool for them, but they're so much stronger than us. They're and that strong. Big. That strength comes in thickness. Yeah, like that's where yeah. it goes. They just build wider and denser. And like Hunter's the example, and I've, I, we've probably used this before. He's not strong for crossfit he would be yeah programmed out of basically every workout in the crossfit games and he's like the strongest athlete that we have you know so yeah, and he obliterates a, a us on it exactly and like from their standards yeah. he is you know he would have a hard time making a team that would go to the games he probably wouldn't be able to but how about look at corinna she's made the games as a team athlete yeah, before she... and i think her strength numbers are probably even lower than hunters one, realistically one. I know but that. Prob- yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I would not say that. And okay. Lauren, even like Lauren Weeks yeah. too. Like she is not a strong athlete for in CrossFit standards. I did something one time before where I did kind of like take the percentage of like the highest versus where Hunter was versus where Lauren was, and Lauren was exponentially higher against the the field. Okay. And the interesting thing is that if you took yeah. any of the good, what we would call high rocks generalists, not the runners, mm-hmm. if you took. James Kelly, for example, right. he would be the weakest out of all the generalists in a CrossFit, but there are generalists there that can run with him. Generalists he, in CrossFit and CrossFit could, in CrossFit that could that wouldn't be the weakest runner in the High Rocks field, so they translate over to us better than we translate to them. At the you put them level. on a High Rocks oh, course, no, no, they're no, no, not no. going to be last coming into the skier. Absolutely. Where we would be the yeah. last or the first out on the lifting. So yeah. they will translate better. And that's yeah. it's impressive. There are some Metcon workouts that I, you know, I, I would say four to five of the 10 to 15 events that they have. is like, oh, okay. Like, as long as it doesn't get into handstand walks and, you know, just some, some gymnastics movements and a lighter barbell work um, and a lot of calisthenics based stuff it's like okay maybe we could hang on half the movements but we would instantly like almost everybody in this field 
or in the OCR space and even hybrid space would just immediately dead last. They wouldn't even finish yeah. half the events because of how heavy the whatever the, the six, so whatever the, the sixty-two game. minute equivalent is at the CrossFit Games, none of us yeah. would do. We don't have that. No, <laughs> not even no. close. So good on yeah, them. And if you like look at it in terms of where that stacks up worldwide, like last year. I was 22nd or something with a 59.11 in terms of the rankings. So like a 62 and change, wherever Ricky was. I mean, like maybe he's top 50, maybe not top 60, you know? So in terms of like where he is and his first shot against the elites, he's, he has some work to do, but the comparison that you're making is, is perfect, right? Like there is no high rocks athlete who was going to be in the top 6,000, let alone the top 60 of CrossFitters. Uh, let me let me just add in Isaiah. Mm -hmm. I think he's got some credibility now on the, Chris, on the CrossFit yeah. side. Coming from OCR, he's, he's kind of transformed. But could he I break 64 right high now? Rocks, <laughs> right. 65? Like, how is in a high rock? I, I know. Yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd be slower than Ricky, in my opinion, at this point. Like, Ricky's just as good as him, probably better on all the workout zones and i don't think mm -hmm. isaiah's running is at a good place right now despite that being a tool that he's had as a stronger athlete through the years i just think he's geared so much more towards the uh the the strength side and we saw him in a couple running events during semifinals and he's lost the stuff well, and that's the point kind of we're arguing could our one person be top <laughs> i know thousand in in there where if we claim isaiah yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like it's a, it's a ricky reach. Yeah. Ricky is not their best representative for High Rocks. Like he might our, be. He might be. But there are other candidates. I mean, we don't have another candidate. Like no. our one, if we claim him because he used to be, couldn't do their what their first emissary came over and did here. It's like claiming Nell Rojas in the marathon. Be like, yeah, see, I she's ours. Run a marathon. We do. She's the best ever marathoner ever. Come, come get some. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't. Especially after this, because CrossFit Games level athletes have participated in high rocks before, and usually they're well above 65. Mm -hmm. And Ricky's definitely an athlete who I think I guess his calling is he can kind of get into this pain cave and suffer. Like he seems to be the athlete that will just be able to continuously go and run through a wall. Like there's no barrier for him. And I guess he's a pretty decent runner. He's not running 1720 or something like his. So just looking at his runs from in this event, like it took him like his total run time was thirty four twenty two, and where his rock zone was uh, three thirty eight. So total amount of time was closer to thirty eight minutes total. Um, so he was running close to seven flat. That's what you said, Jack. You said you were like, yeah, maybe he'll run seven flats. Yeah. which is yeah. still good. It's not bad. That's good. It's, Compromise. It's, it's totally good. Again, if you walked into most gyms and picked out people who had his lifting stats and said run one seven-minute mile, 99% of them couldn't. <laughs> no doubt. And he's doing a compromise. No. For sure. So, yeah, so I don't know if there'd be anybody better. Like, maybe Yellow Hosta. I don't know if Jeff Adler. Like, it's a long race, man. It's a long race. Uh, yeah. I, I think he might be the best. Because, Rich, what – What's 540 pace to you? That's probably Light. marathon, between marathon and half marathon for you? 50K on trail. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but but what I was going to say, is, so he can, in theory, if that's roughly what you're holding during High Rocks Compromise, let's just translate that out, assuming he, Ricky has the engine. It's like he could probably hold seven flat for a marathon. He's probably a three flat yep. marathoner, being able to snatch close to 300 pounds and stuff like 
Yeah. That's a freak. Yeah. Not too many better representatives that they could bring Nick into Bear. the hybrid domain and, and do well. Yeah. Yeah, let's get Nick Bear out of High Rocks. Let's get him out there. I don't think he'd do I have as well. No idea. I have no I'd just idea. love to see it. And Me then too. Kent could show up and it'd be great. Fucking wrestle. It'd be good. It would be amazing. I doubt it though. I, I don't I don't see I don't see the benefit. The one thing that is a bit I, I really respect with these crossfitters, him and, and Caitlin Finzel and James Newbury, they have nothing to prove. Nothing. They only have this is only negative. This is the end result of this. Like maybe they win and they smash and then they compound their chest and be like, CrossFitters are the best. But like realistically, us looking at it, we figured that wasn't going to happen. I think I picked uh, James and Chris to beat him and Chris was ahead of him until the wall balls and, and Chris has had a hard time with these wall balls, man. <laughs> like this is, he's still like, he, he, he just sends it so hard that by the time he gets to the wall balls, he's on empty. And like, this isn't his, his worst wall ball, but, it was still like six plus minutes or something. Yeah. He had a rough one in the past, but, but he puts himself in That's contention. What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like you could easily, you could probably do yeah. it in four and a half, but it's, but he wouldn't be fighting for the yeah. win. We've but, all backed off somewhere yeah. on roll or lunges in order to get to wall balls intact. And he pegs it. Oh yeah. <laughs> he just goes, he's like, ah, we'll see. How he's the goes. answer to what would happen if I just sold out on the three stations prior. <laughs> You can start cramping yeah. on those wall balls, man. Things can go. <laughs> Things can, yeah. can really yeah. start leaking time. R Rich, you were mentioning them yeah. having nothing to lose. Nothing so to gain. how often nothing to we gain. look at only to lose or nothing to gain. Sorry, you're correct. Only to lose. So how often do they high level athletes in CrossFit really have a competition? They have the games. They have the open semifinals. Maybe the you know there's Dubai like or rogue, rogue invitational. Yeah, there's maybe two during the year, other than yeah. outside of like the actual CrossFit. If you wanted, you could do seven, eight decafits. You can do four or five high rocks, 40, 50 Spartans, just mm -hmm. in the U.S. if you want to. like we ha We're spoiled with how often you can do this. And I know that higher level athletes, they tend to race less and you know focus on other things or, or focus specifically on peaking for certain events. But there aren't too many opportunities to compete. And he, and he just came off of an injury. James Newbury, I don't believe he was at the CrossFit mm -hmm. Games this year. Like you've got only so many chances to, to really prove yourself it's there. You might be able to win a little bit of money while you're just doing a workout. I think that's probably the reason why some of them do it. I bet they got paid an appearance fee. I bet like that was probably, a probably. Re the real reason why he showed up. It's like, show if up, see you, how it goes. If you are him, do you decide I'm going to take Hunter's title and train for it? Or is it not worth it? It's do you look at it and think I could it. do it? I think if, if I'm him at that level of athlete, yes, I look at it. I'm like, if I wanted to take this, I could. And, but then I look at it, but I could also win the CrossFit games and that, and he's young yeah. and that, like the, the opportunity cost is yeah. not even close to like being worth it for him where the winner of the CrossFit games is 300 stacks. <laughs> like yeah. high, high rocks is 20 and that's pretty solid. That's amazing. It, and, so maybe he's the wrong example. Is there someone who is a lesser CrossFitter than him who knows I have better stats than him at this kind of thing would go, I can be the one who just like gets another win against Hunter for CrossFit. You think that this inspired someone who's like fringe games athlete, which is like, I can row and ski and run really well. They probably exist. But when you, when you break down the math, you said rich, he ran like a 38 total for his rock zones plus mm -hmm. his run. And his total time was 62 something. 
So that's 24 minutes of workout zone time. We've seen high rocks athletes, including Hunter, be in the 24s or high 23s like Jeffrey Vossin. He's done it before and several have been in that 23, 24. Can, can Ricky shave off seven minutes of his run? Like, can he get a minute faster on all those workout zones when he already had a pretty quick sled to begin? I, I just think it's a formidable task at this point. It wouldn't be instant, but it would. I think he could definitely get better. I mean, I don't think he ran at all. <laughs> and like running progress yeah. takes time. Right. He'd probably have to lose a couple pounds. Uh, he wrote in his response, he's like, I'd need to weigh 10 kilograms less. So that's, you know, over 20 pounds for the Americans listening. And so, that's that's and some serious of that weight loss. Stature who is, it's not that easy to lose muscle. <laughs> like you can, you can put it, you can put it on mm -hmm. no. way faster than coming off. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't just melt off like fat could. Plus you wouldn't want to. No one who's ever earned that frame yeah. in those lifting metrics wants to get rid of it for their non-sport. That'd be the thing. It'd be someone maybe at the, the tail end of their career who is, is looking at it. Like, is there, is there a chance that everything that I've built up through CrossFit and I have some endurance, I like running and I'm, I'm 30, maybe I can push my chips into this and, and see like, um, there's a guy named Norman uh, Woodring who is based out of Florida. I believe he's been a semifinals athlete for or whatever level that is and he said he's like i'm coming after this record um because he has a bit of an endurance background so i think it'd be guys like that it'd be guys like isaiah if isaiah was in like mm -hmm. the opposite spot right like isaiah's trajectory yeah. is, is upward in crossfit if there was someone at his level who was kind of on their way down high rocks is like the farm league dog you know but i isaiah has the running already if he wants to get back to it i feel like that's the harder thing to get you shave some weight and just run a little bit more and He's already strong enough. He's got the muscular endurance. I, I feel his transition back into the high rocks world, if he truly wanted to get down to like 185, 190 instead of 215, 220, whatever he's at right now, he could do that a lot easier than Ricky dropping that same amount and also needing to learn how he's to He's the better. one, really. Like Isaiah might be the biggest outside threat if someone wanted to go all in. But he never he never beat Hunter back in the day. Like he only did one. I, I think he might have had one or, yeah, I was gonna say Tampa during that restart race, yeah. but and yeah, Bahamas. And... I forget. <laughs> yeah, that was a definitely a point to point race, right? Anyway, just it, yeah. it's interesting that his sixty two, I think, opens up the possibility that there could be people that say, if he can do that, I can do that. For sure, but we've no one else has done it. There are people that are like him right? Who are probably more close to like a Norman Woodring who aren't the podium contenders, but people who have made the games who've come out and just, we're not close. We're not even close to what, what yeah. this was. So we need a Hefner with a endurance background, someone who is excited, wants to try it, wants to do it a couple times and isn't like all in on CrossFit anymore. Him with an endurance background is the kind of guy it would take. What do, you, what do you guys think about if Ricky Garrard was to make a difference in his running? Like if you look at CrossFit games, Jeffrey Adler won this year. Just he improved his running substantially. He does. He looks like a fast CrossFit he's, runner. At this he's point. wearing he's a heart rate monitor, doing the whole deal out there. Yeah, but he's right. put in the work to become a better runner. And if you look in the past, like Rich Froning, didn't he like stop yeah, during yeah. the middle of a run during one of his earlier <laughs> ones? It was like in the like middle of his 5K, vein. roughly. It was just like I'm walking. Yeah. 
during the beginning and Matt Frazier became a much better runner. It seems like that is the trajectory. You get better at running. Everyone else is really strong, but like you need a little bit of an improvement in your running. And then suddenly just CrossFit Games title just happens. It, we've seen it with the winners historically on the men's side. And Tia Claire Toomey, she's a, a very solid runner on the female side. Also, her her reign came to an end this year. But um, we're just talking about the men because of, of Ricky. But do you think that if a guy like Ricky decided to focus a little bit more on running solely for CrossFit Games level performance, and then he decides to do another High Rocks later down the road, do you think that that would result in a better performance or do you think he's maybe capped out in the high 50s? I don't think it would change his his outcomes on CrossFit enough for him to push that into it. I don't think it's a realistic scenario. Would it help his performance in High Rocks? Like, yeah, of course. I think it would definitely make him better at that, but it's just unlikely because he's already one of the best runners for CrossFit. So mm-hmm. spending time yeah. there is not, unless they completely change the sport, unless everything starts moving toward these longer endurance events, then potentially. But I, I don't think it would be worth his his time and his efforts uh, for something else. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying he'd focus the time and the effort solely to become a better CrossFitter and the side effect would be it's just be not at high like, rocks. It's just, but, it, wouldn't, yeah. it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. He'd be better off focusing on and gymnastics or something. Literally, like, the first yeah. 30 seconds per mile would be there. But he'd need a minute. And that's the thing. Like The difference between high 50s and mid 50s is the type of endurance athlete you are. To get to, get to 56, 57 even, I would call it, 55, which I think you'd be able to, you have to pop a 56 to be able to win a world title. That's what I think the sport is right now. You have to be able to run sub six. Yeah. All day long. And to be able to run yeah. sub six compromise, it just takes an actual endurance approach. Like if you mm-hmm. look at the people who have done it, they're all people who at any given point in their career were right around sub 16 in a 5k or, and for sure sub 34 in a 10k. And those are just metrics you don't hit unless you're a runner mm-hmm. on top of all your other training. We haven't seen it yet. Right. Like that's just not, that's not precedented. It's not like necessarily you have to train like a runner to be that way but so far what we've seen yeah that seems to be the case and and we're just looking at this from the men's side because of ricky like if we're looking at the women's side you've got meg lauren michaela i I think they're even harder to catch honestly coming from the crossfit side well i mean like we're just entertaining ricky as an option but like I, who, who Emily Rolf? She ended up winning the five. I think she'd be great. She beat I think she would come in and immediately make the elite fifteen. I do too. Immediately, immediately but elite fifteen. I yeah, think the okay, world so title isn't up for Ricky, grabs but... to an outsider on the female side currently, because on the men's side, you you realize that if you can get to the row, all bets are off, because we don't have a back end monster in the men's field who's also the champion. We have people who are back-end monsters, but they're not front-end running. On the women's side, look at the back-end yeah. of these women. That's not my best phrasing. But like, who's <laughs> going to... I'm clipping this for social. <laughs> who's going to walking lunge and wall ball better <laughs> than who is already winning and competing for the world title? Like, they're going to have to beat them on the front-end. Who's going to break... sub? Who's going to go better than 256 on wall balls when women are already doing that? Like. There's no yeah. ground again. Yeah. And they're running. There's such a disparity between what they'll ever be able to do and Lauren and Meg and Michaela and they're running that it would yeah. have to be front end work. And there's only so much time. And you, you want to know what's, 
and you want to know what would happen, they'd get into a race. They wouldn't know that Lauren does her thing and she'd go out at five <laughs> flat pace. And that's not good for a CrossFitter to hang on the rest of the race. They're just going to intuitively be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll hang on. This is what they run at. And that's not I good. I can see you, you not buying run. this, Rich. To be an elite CrossFitter on the men's side, you need to have a, a tremendous base of strength. And over the course of the years, you become bigger in stature. <laughs> On the women's end, that base of strength doesn't necess- isn't necessarily a prerequisite. So we see people in the CrossFit games who are like kind of engine-based, like Emily Rolf's a great example, who don't have this mountain of muscle that they would then need to strip away and lose. I, I think it would be a much easier transition for women to come in from CrossFit. Like I bet if Christy Aramo comes in this year, right? If she decides like, I'm going to put all my chips in for high rocks. She's a games level athlete, finished top 10, top five, I think. She's run, I think, three hours, like 3.02 she, yeah, she's in the a marathon. Yeah, she's a marathon, roughly. Like, why wouldn't she be good right away? She's not very big. She can come in and she's strong. Like, I think there's just more examples on the women's side just because of the way that men train as youth athletes preparing mm-hmm. for more physical sports than what women have done traditionally in the past, that they're not hindered with the amount of muscle that men are. I hear what you're saying. So, and I agree with okay. that. I think that the transition over would be smoother for a woman, but I think the top spots are gone. Whereas on the men's side, the transition would be tougher, but still anyone can win High Rocks Worlds. We never know what Hunter's going to be doing. And if it's not him, there are like seven guys who could all win. And we don't have like that. If Hunter has a bad day, well, it's definitely this person winning. Because we usually say that and it's someone else. We're on the women's side. Like if it's not Meg, it's Lauren. And if it's not mm-hmm. Lauren, it's Mikaela. And there aren't really any other pe- Like one of those three is going to have a world record performance. And mm-hmm. we don't have that yet on the men. So I think the barrier to entry is lower to women, but the podium might just be gone. Currently. It was, it was just Lauren two years ago. And last year we saw yeah, Mikaela and Meg out of nowhere. How many Megs exist in this world? I don't think many, but... <laughs> There, there might, but all there needs to be is like one more in the entire world. And then there's a fourth person in the mix. That's true. Yeah. It, if you look at the women's podium for CrossFit, it's like you had Haley Adams last year or maybe two years ago. And then uh, Emma Lawson, she's 18 as well. Olivia, she's been crushing it and she's 16. I know that she was Olivia like Kerstetter. 16th yeah. or 17th. But bottom line, you have a lot of teen female athletes and typically you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like you get stronger over time. You're not going to peak physically strength wise when you're 16 to 18 years old. That's like later in your twenties when you're going to do that, you can have a a great aerobic engine, but you're probably going to do better from the engine side as a younger athlete versus the the high end strength side. So the fact that you're seeing a lot of women on the CrossFit side be younger uh, for their higher performances at the games. I I think that that does back up what you said earlier about, you know, you, you might bracken that you might actually see an easier transition for the women coming into an engine sport like High Rocks. Doesn't mean they're going to take down Lauren or, or Meg or Michaela, but I think that they probably would not instantly, but they'd, they'd probably be very close to Elite 15 right away. I think one of the main holdups for some of these athletes coming in who may have aged out of CrossFit or just look, kind of looking the writing at the wall and they're not going to be. Uh, able to sustain any type of lifestyle for as a CrossFitter, it's just how much time they've already put into an endure, uh, uh, a sport and how much they've dedicated to it. It's like, do they really want to put all that effort now into something different? 
or like it's like what we get from these high-end r- runners like why would they then come into ocr and be like yeah i'm gonna give that same effort that i gave that got me to the olympic trials got me to the olympics and then do that same thing for this sport it's like i'm gonna chill i think that's yeah. a, another thing that we that might be a bit of a barrier for these athletes to get in and do really well well and now the sports to the point where all their high rocks work has been less specific than what Meg and Lauren are doing. Like mm. Year one, all the high rocks work those women would have done would have had them more prepared for high rocks than us OCR athletes on mm. the female side, I believe. I believe female high rocks athletes could have come in and immediately made podiums. Now it's like they have a year uh, delay behind Meg, two, what, four years behind Lauren, three years behind yeah. Lauren. For sure. And and it's been specific training and they're starting to figure out exactly what works for them. That whole process would have to begin. And like you said, are they willing to commit to going through that entire process when they can't jump in and have an immediate like payday? Money, money and fame has a way of giving you some motivation to to pursue the the like the, the actual process. But if you come in and get beat and you have six minutes to drop. And you didn't make any money for that. Are you then going to, like, how many hours are you training a week right now? Are you like 12 to 15? Me? Yeah. 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 Are you going to come put in 15 hours a week for no money when I might get it next year? That's a big yeah. ask. <laughs> right. But for them, it's a, it's a cutting, they cutting are. volume for them. True. Yeah. But what, what about the, the paychecks? They're giving out 10 deep or paying everybody and they're offering what 40,000 at every single event now. You, it's it, it's more oh. i think it's more of the exposure like we see team athletes in crossfit with 100,000 followers there's like there's so much fandom around crossfit that even sponsor like sponsor support will be higher even if you are competing at a much lower level than say a podium threat at high rocks so i think there's a lot of reasons for crossfit athletes to not get into this outside of just the paychecks that they can make in crossfit but yeah the exposure, the eyeballs, the the ability to sustain some sort of lifestyle from sponsor support. Maybe High Rocks will be there or, or hybrid fitness racing will be there and we're starting to see more companies come in and it's going to grow. But right now, it's not even close to the, the same type of spectacle. Do you think we're, we're kind of used to from the OCR side? Like most people who are in High Rocks have done OCR at some point. I know that in the past year or two, it's been a little bit more people haven't necessarily had a lot of OCR success beforehand, but we're kind of used to, Oh, I did OCR. Let me try trail running for a little bit. Let me try hybrid. Like we try everything. Are we just assuming CrossFitters have the same exact mindset where they're just willing to try? Cause it, it seems like for the most part, they might dabble in it once just to do something different, but they're still putting themselves in the CrossFit box and not really gonna, gonna change their ways. I don't know. Rich is right about exposure. Think about how many Olympic marathoners are there in the field? Zero. No, no, I'm (laughs) saying at the Olympics, how many people run the marathon? Less than 100. How many of them don't have shoe deals? Zero? None, probably. It made big waves when our fourth place finisher on the men's side at the last Olympic trials came in without a shoe deal. It made waves. He didn't make the Olympics. He was probably like the 600th, eh, somewhere between four and 600 in the world in terms of marathon PR entering that race. And it was kind of shocking. He didn't have a shoe deal. Right. We're an OCR. 
how many people have shoe deals? Two? Zero now? At this point, like legit shoe deals? Yeah, very few. And the same thing with CrossFit. Like Teams athletes are getting legit sponsorships and legit Mm -hmm. following. But High Rocks, like how many people have legit sponsorships and following outside the top five? Mm, Yeah, right. It's like it's just a numbers thing. Exactly. It's like the early stages of OCR when there were some sponsors coming in and it's like, let's see what this investment could get me. That's kind of what we're seeing now. Down the road, who knows? Like this thing is going to grow and it's going to grow quite a bit, but not there yet. Not to the point where it's like worth it for someone who's already kind of on the fringes or already kind of sustaining a lifestyle to then pivot. Yeah. They would have to, they would have to be very passionate about this or not be getting any exposure. And what's a big deal in the OCR or hybrid space right now? Like 20 grand for a year. Yeah. That's a a big deal. That is not a big deal in the pro sport world. It's just not. So like someone comes over like, we'll give you five grand to to drink this drink this year. You're like, why? I'd rather pay my own money at that point to drink what I want. It's they're coming from a different level of exposure and, and sponsorship. But if you're going to drink something, drink power lift, all the electrolytes, 10 grams of protein, holler at them. I had a power lift this weekend. I still went out of, or last week. I still went out of Kirk's garage after a long run. Nice. Was it cold? Like I, I need something. Oh yeah. Best, uh, garage fridge. Best flavor. Garage fridge. Nice. I'd go back and forth, man. What's the best flavor? I, I was lemon lime. Now I'm thinking orange mango. I do like the berry, strawberry. I like them all. Berry's definitely the best. Lemon lime pretty good. The orange mango is, is legit. New Brandon came out, got some new bottles. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Do you think that there is some kind of rivalry like in the infancy of this? Like, is there kindling? Is there a little spark of rivalry happening between CrossFit and hybrid fitness racing? I think there's a rivalry the way like middle schoolers have rivalry with high schoolers. Where they're like, we're going to show up to the courts this weekend and <laughs> we're bringing our starting five and we're going to beat the high school kids. And the high school kids are like, you guys could like try to shoot your way onto the losing team if you want. Like, I'll gladly give you some buckets, but like, we are not competing against each other. We, when you yap too much, we get annoyed with you and we'll like knock you down a peg. But they, it's a one-sided rivalry. <laughs> Crossfitters are the high school kids here, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the hybrid athletes are monsters in their own right, but whatever is the bigger sports and the more powerful weight bearing sports is always going to be the king of the jungle. And they're going to look down and say, you've watered your sport down with excess cardio. And we don't have to do that. We can all go run if we want to, but you can't pick up our barbell. And so there mm-hmm. is no <laughs> rivalry there. However, if they keep sending people in, then like if, if they come up and compete, then it's a rivalry because ego is on the line. But right now, no, I don't think so. I think we're an annoying gnat to them because Hunter was an annoying gnat, a big gnat. And now like Rich is an annoying gnat to the UK. <laughs> like we, We're just in buzzing around people's Europe, ears. Europe in general. Europe. Oh, all of Europe. UK. Just, yeah, UK. And You're taking on a land war. Yes, exactly. Because um, I'm sure... In that, I did not watch the the live feed of Austria of the men. Went back and forth. I, I convinced myself I wanted to watch it, and then I changed my mind, and then I convinced myself again. And BK was just on the other side, just silent, waiting for me to really decide if this was going to happen. If we were I knew do you were watching. Watch it. Come on, you there was never I was a chance. 
there was a little bit of a chance at once for like a couple minutes, and then I'm like, actually, this ain't gonna happen. Did you did you dial into the live stream? <laughs> no, no, I, I, it was Braden's birthday. We went to a, a sneak peek of Gran uh, Turismo. Movie. Oh, nice! That's up his alley. Oh yeah, you he's love in that heaven. one. Is he gonna be a guest driver at some point? I don't know what that means. I think it's a video game movie. They have they have cars. I'm sure eventually they'll need someone to drive a car in a movie. Oh, it's like awesome. a stunt driver. Sounds like he's good enough. I don't know what a guest driver was. Probably mostly CGI these days. Sorry, I would imagine pretty real. This was kind of cool. The guy who they made this story on his life was the stunt double for his own actor in the movie. That'd be cool being the stunt double for the person playing you in your life story. That's pretty sweet. You're just too old at this point to You're play not yourself. An actor. Or... It was like a once upon oh, a time yeah. in Hollywood situation. A... Yep. Um, so, so I'm sure I heard I heard kind of the grumblings through that that uh, there were some CrossFitters watching, and I'm sure every single CrossFitter wanted Ricky to bust that ass. Mm-hmm. Wanted wanted and every hybrid fitness racing fan wanted Ricky to get that ass busted. So on either side, I, I, I feel like that there is a little, like, I don't think that people that are into hybrid fitness racing quite respect or understand what they can do in CrossFit. And I think that CrossFitters think that what we do is just not challenging and difficult. It's not something that is interesting in any way. And that's kind of what it's seeing right now where I, like, it should just be symbiotic. Like I, it's basically the same thing. It's just derivative. So having it be posed against each other, mm-hmm. the way that these kind of like fans like stick with their team, it's a little, a little weird, a little silly. I mean, end of the day, it, hybrid is, or specifically Hyrox is actually Deca as well. It's kind of just cardio light CrossFit. Yeah, totally. That's what it is. I mean, hundred wall balls at the end of a workout, that's tough. But you're never going to see a sixty minute wad during crossfit yeah so i i I get why they're kind of looking at it that way potentially but i see it as running endurance stands over here crossfit stands over here and we're in the middle holding both their hands like we are the bridge between the two we uh, we hybrid in in general or us hybrid hybrid sports and so like hitting us against crossfit is foolish because it's ignoring that we can be the bridge to get way more fans into it. Like runners will watch CrossFit. I firmly believe that because mm-hmm. every runner I know who's watched it thinks yeah. it's an awesome competition. Runners are competitive. And I think that CrossFit people, CrossFit athletes, CrossFit coaches, fans would enjoy watching certain running events and they need each other. Like runners have to get stronger. CrossFitters have to get better endurance. And we're the middle ground. I think we're like the tunnel where the fans can flow into us and then get into that. So I think it is symbiotic, like you said, Rich. But at the end of the day, there's an easy way to tell if there's a rivalry or not, which is do both sides know the other people? (laughs) We know the CrossFitters' names. Do they know ours? They know Hunter. They know Hunter. Do they know the person that they have a rivalry with? Do they know who the top three in the world are? Probably not top three. Bare minimum. Can they name three of the top 100 high rocks athletes in the world? Both genders involved? You can use both genders. Can you name more than three? from a ge- if, if you're at the games in Madison, just pulling athletes, name three high rocks athletes. They get uh, Hunter, Hepner, and, <laughs> Hepner, Hepner and Smith. 
Chandler, Chandler Smith. Smith. Yeah, so, anyways, that proves there's no rivalry. They might, they might know Lauren. They might know Lauren at this point. Like she's she's out there a little bit. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it could <laughs> be if this continues. Yeah. But High Hi Rocks, yeah, Hi Hi Rocks is covered on like Morning Chalk Up and some of their recaps. They they are paying attention. So I think. There is a little bit more exposure to names. I don't think that they could pick you out of a lineup, but they've probably been like, yeah, I've heard of Lauren. I've heard of maybe Ryan maybe Kent Nikita. Nikita after yeah. winning. Yeah. But probably not. They'll if they showed a picture of okay. Ryan Kent with no context, how many CrossFitters would be like, that's Ryan Kent from High Rocks? Probably zero. Yeah, Most likely zero. <laughs> so to, it comes down to, did Gerard like turn the spigot off? Were they like, he came in, did all right, doesn't really do anything, or did he just like blast through, open up the spigot, and now it's just kind of come flowing through? I think, if anything, probably the latter, and because most of the people that, that are going to be the, the ones that are the loudest in from this conversation are the ones are not the are not games athletes, right? They're diehards at the gym. They're people mm -hmm. who watch a sport, but they're not that good at CrossFit where competition is something that is going to sustain a lifestyle for them. So they probably saw how well Ricky did. And, and even in Ricky's post, he's like, I just proved that CrossFit style training can get you prepared for anything wrong. Because now if all these CrossFitters just come right over, they're going to they're gonna get worked in a high rocks, but it might give them something to, to strive for a little bit more. They'll understand it a little bit about how it's not just a long CrossFit yeah. event. Even though it is, but it is mostly much more of a long distance endurance event. He proved that if you're one of the best athletes in the world at something, that you can do well at the next adjacent sport to it. That's what he proved. Yep. He's, he might have some advancement physically if, in there as well that, that helps him prepare. Take a random box and have them all come into a high rocks and they're all going to die. Like blow yes. up, die, not die, die. So, no, he just proved that he's a freak of nature. And he's trained really, really, really hard for a decade. That's what he proved. It had nothing right. to do with his system yeah. of training. No, no. That he, like, he likes to ride mountain bikes, so he has some base of endurance there. He's probably been doing that for a long time. And he's definitely more of the anomaly, but I think that it opens it up. People see, like, oh, Ricky did well. Look, let me see what I can do. Some of the the crossfitters over at Omnia like caught paid attention to saw, saw what Ricky did. Did you guys see a clip of James and Chris talking on the rower? Mm -mm. Did you see like they uh I don't I couldn't tell who was saying what, but they referred to Ricky as CrossFit because he was not with them at the rower. They're like, oh where is he? Where's CrossFit at? And like like kind of talking shit. And then and then and then Ricky caught him on the rollers. But uh but yeah but, and then I got that sent to me. People were like having Ricky's back on this case, which is so funny to me. It's like this guy who came in and got popped for using drugs and now he's into our sport. And they're like, that's our guy still. It's like, yeah, I guess, I guess it is. That, that was going to be one of my questions. Like what if Ricky did have success in here, given his history? Like how would, do, do, it seems like CrossFitters just kind of forgive and forget this fans, at least I know the athletes themselves. Yes, don't necessarily, they do. But like, if he starts dominating, they're all aware that what? he's just the one who got caught. They're not <laughs> mad caught. that he's cheating. Yeah. Cause they're all, not all the vast majority well, are using things. Maybe there were a lot of, a lot of pregames tests. Some guy uh, was a Jason Smith from South Africa ahead of the games. He got caught and like a bunch of teams, athletes and stuff. I don't think that they're testing 
40 out of 40 athletes, though. You also be able to so? the games. I bet Anyways, you test everybody. They you definitely test everybody. I'd hope so. But but bottom line, like, what if he started doing well? Like, Brack, Bracken's going to get his freaking just... thesis out. going to start talking to us about yeah, the whole ahead, deal. Bracken. What do you think? I mean, it's the classic uh, defense. If the best person is doping and other people can beat them or are right there next to them, either they weren't the best person or everyone's doing it. And the sport yeah. defies recovery logic. It's not an indictment of it. Our sport is full to the brim of performance enhancing substances. That's just what high level sport is, unfortunately, in this day and age. But so, no, I don't think it causes anything because I cannot with any amount of confidence say that you could have tested the elite 15 and got more than half the people clean. I, I agree. Like there could be so many people yep. using right now that like, come on in, dude. We're not even what are the backgrounds? about it. <laughs> Let's name the backgrounds of the elite 15 of the past few years. We have, we've had there's some triathletes, uh, endurance and triathlete, endurance, running, Male models. Like rugby, <laughs> rugby, rugby. Uh, football, um, uh, uh, European football, swimming, swimming name the, the clean sport there. Name the sport not known to have a lot of substance. I mean, name, use. name any sport that's a clean right. sport at the end yeah. of the day. Basketball? So, no, basketball is great. So anyways, it, I'm not even like, <laughs> I'm not even downgrading no. any of these people because if all your peers are doing it, it's back to kind of an even playing field. It's the barrier to entry is higher and it's unfair, but saying like he's the dirty CrossFitter, it's like, it's almost, it's not because I love when people get popped, but it's almost unfortunate. He <laughs> has to bear the cross for all of the sport. Cause then they can stand there and be like, how dare he disrespect? Like, no, what you're really saying is how dare he mistime his cycle and get caught? Cause I didn't. Right. True. True. So yeah. yeah. Having him in high rocks, like, I mean, if anything, maybe this gets some conversation going about high rocks, actually testing some athletes. I doubt it, but maybe Who no, knows? they're going to compare sources. Like, what do you where mean? You getting your stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> could be, but yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like high rocks, if they're going to actually make that kind of change. Oh, what's up? Yeah, Rich is an athlete who's probably going to race to some of these majors. I hope you do at some point. Would you rather see the prize money go down ten percent total for as a whole, like the pot, instead of offering forty thousand, they offer like thirty six thousand, but they use some of that to just drug test some of the people? Would you be okay with that? Just I'm just trying to think of ways because I think we all have our suspicions that there are people in high rock space, and it could be Deca, it could be CrossFit, it could be OCR, whatever. I, athletes are doping at the end of the day. And I think if they're throwing out this big amount of prize money, just taking a little bit of it and just, you don't have to be like one, two, three, four, we're going to intentionally do it. Cause some people might be like, Oh, I'm having a bad day. I'll just fade to seventh. I'm good. But I think that using some of that money and redistributing it for, for testing. I would agree. Be good. I would be completely fine with that as, as an athlete who's not winning the 20 grand for the win, then I have, I have absolutely no problem. And if, it, if that brings the, pool of athletes down a little bit and makes the competition more even and fair if, if it's a clean sport like yeah absolutely it's totally worth it yeah i feel like most people would say that and like i, I don't know I, I i don't know why it hasn't happened yet because if you're racing for the first spot and say they offer ten thousand versus nine thousand because they have to redistribute it it's still 
like it's not a huge right. amount difference. If they take 10% off everyone's winnings and they just collectively do a pot of it, you're still making roughly the same amount of money. And I get it. It adds up over time. It, it does stink when you don't make the full amount before, but that would be a simple way to just test and add it to the sport. They're still just trying to attract athletes. You know, it's like, let's it's get them in here with yeah. see what this prize money can do. Let them go crazy. Bra yeah. Bracken, do you know the first time when they started testing athletes for anything? Like, I, I know that you did your thesis and stuff. Like, what era was that? Was that like the 50s, oh the 60s? Goodness, I don't know. Good question. Like, this is a Jack. This is a great race. I don't, I don't have oh, an answer. I do have one. Right, we'll we'll get that. Yeah. That'll be research for later. Um, so let's, let's move on. We'll, we'll head to the great games overall. Shout out to James Kelly representing for the high rocks community. Chris Woolley was out there. I mean, I know this wasn't his main focus, uh, going into the season, but with a very, very strong, uh, 63, 37 and dude only respect to Ricky Garrard on this, you know, yeah. that really like nothing to gain and literally Newbury. nothing. Yeah. And James Newbury, same deal. Caitlin Van Zyl, yeah. same thing. Shout out to Olivia Leonard for taking care of business out there. She was an early leader and just continued to grind and grind and grind and, and put five minutes on Caitlin by the end. Um, so, and Kim Mercer, I believe is a U.S. athlete. So <laughs> she made the trip over there. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll just say all times that are not in the United States are just the regular times in the United States. They have their own, their own time scale and just proving that new race venues are going to have fast sleds just it's that simple i i just think it's the wear and tear of the sleds is what we're coming what, it, what it's going to have to be like when we're going to see dubai be fast we're going to see the next australian race be fast and we'll see if poland gets new sleds or what they do there uh, but all these new races are going to be fast that's just that's crack that cracks the code yeah. and uh hyrax will not address it and that will just be the game that we're going to play for the rest of our lives so will we see the European times slow down this year? Potentially. Yeah. Hopefully not till October. Not the Spanish times. Those will be good. Yeah. But like we saw some of the German sleds last year kind of slow down. Um, Regression. And maybe, the they're, maybe they have multiple like trucks, I guess, for lack of better terms, that will travel to different venues because it seemed a little inconsistent in germany like sometimes it was super fast sometimes it was pretty slow um, there was some inconsistencies there so i don't know if the the equipment just changes based off of the logistics of things but yes i would say yeah. and like english like uk sleds are pretty beat up and pretty pretty slow so i would think uh, yes eventually everything should come down yeah, I think that if you're just looking at times, sleds not included, I think men have the most time to gain in the last half of the race. Like wall balls, you don't... Ricky going unbroken on 100 wall balls, that just doesn't happen. And the men's field has only happened a handful of times. It's regular in the women's field. And I, I just think that regardless of the sleds, we know that they're inconsistent, but I still think the men's times, the field as a whole, have a lot of ground to, to make up in the second half of the race. Y'all want to talk about grit games? Great games. Can I do my break? My break teaser oh, first. Race teaser in the middle. Let's do it. Yep. Yes, it was, it was, it was. Well, it, it's related to CrossFit and hybrid racing and stuff. So let's that's what it's about. do it. Race brain teaser. Jack Bauer. All right. It's a simple one. Name the Tough Butter X podiums during both years. Men's and women's? Yeah. Let's start with 2018. Okay. On the men's. Or I can do the winners. 
BK, you got anything on this? You got you gonna be able to help here? I should be able to. Let's see. It was Hunter and Corinna. First place. And then I believe it was Cassidy and Isaiah. Wait, are, you're going between I'm genders. Going are, are you sticking with one so or Hunter Hunter got Hunter won men's. Isaiah got second in men's. Or no, Ryan uh Atkins got second that first year. I'm sorry. Oh, we're doing the first year. Okay. Yep. We're doing 17? Okay. Sure. That's, That's what, what I'm naming. naming. Yep. Mm-hmm. Third place. And what's who got there? <sighs> it's not a name. It's somebody that this was like the one time. It is a name. It is a person's name, but it's not a name that no anyone's going yeah. to remember. BK, do you have do you remember the dude's name? I thought it was Isaiah. No. He he fa- he was no. failing on like he failed something over and over. It was uh seventh place Isaiah oh. got that year. He lost to Benny. It was a it was a guy who came out and did well in TMX from across the background, got hurt right after he hurt his Achilles or something. Like I know who he is. Yep. He tore it. I don't I don't Kevin Riggy. Kevin Riggy. Yeah. That wasn't happening for me. We had a bunch yep. of Achilles get tore. Michael Mark and Kevin Riggy during warm ups. That's why you gotta do a you gotta warm up for your warm up. Mm. But it was nasty though. That 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 was not a good thing to jump into a vertical wall uh, without a warm up. So, <laughs> barely. And then but, it was it was Serena. Okay. Um so yeah, you guys got two out of three there. Let's go with the women from twenty thirteen. Twenty or uh, twenty seventeen, sorry. It was Corinna and Cassidy. BK, you got me on the third one here. I thought it was a power athlete, but I cannot remember. Um, I don't have it. I don't think. Bracken, you're close. Uh, Jen Dance. Oh, That's wow. It was. Nice. Good for her. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Wife. All right. Yep. Um, okay. So two for three again. Now let's go 2018, the second and final year. Okay. It was Hunter again. And this time I think it was Isaiah. And then I think it was Dakota Rager. Rager. Was it Belner? No, I don't think so. Jack? Right, I'm going with you. Go, Dakota. Oh, you got first and third correct, but it was Jacob Hepner. Remember Hepner. he showed up for all the... That's right. Hepner. He's getting second place. Patrick Vellner ended up finishing in fourth place, so just missed uh, making the podium. Um, so close. And then, yeah, you also had, like, street. Uh, Isaiah finished seventh both years. Um Bobby Noyce, nice. Street Horner, uh, Jordan Troyan, they're, they're all CrossFitters. They were in that as well. And then from the OCR side, you had uh, Matt Kempson finishing in eighth and Dylan Moralia finishing mm-hmm. in tenth. Um, so for the women, who were the top three? Cassidy win that year? Mm-mm. No? Man, that this is not my event then. I'm sorry. It's all you, Rich. I think it was Corinna was... Remember you guys were saying how good you are at trivia after last yeah, we week? I'm, I'm we stumping you. that. Hey, we, doing, we were in we're Cancun more, this week. Yeah. We weren't <laughs> we're doing more, any prep. Yeah. We're getting more correct yeah. than, than incorrect here. I mean, What's our percentage? What's our percentage? Yeah. The winner was a CrossFitter. I believe she's Australian. Um, I just can't remember her name. She she did like the Spartan Games. As, Emma Chapman. She's New Zealand. New Zealand. Very she, close. she would be upset. So that counts. That's a win. That's, that's a win. And then I believe it was Corinna was second. Yeah. BK, you just want to toss one out for third? I just, I just, 
I don't know. Was it not Cassidy? Did she not make the podium this year? We'll go with Cassidy. It was Cassidy, but it wasn't the one you're thinking of. Okay. Cassidy Lance. Cassidy Lance. That's what I was saying. That's right. Dude, we got that full podium on the women's side. Cassidy Watton finished in fifth. Uh, And in between them, in her OCR slash hybrid debut, was Lauren Weeks finishing fourth. Weeks? I would not have remembered that. She finished... She finished like 20th. She was the last qualifier, 19th or 20th, to make round two. And then she ends up fourth in the, the finals. Dog. Funny story on that. Yeah. funny. We actually roomed together with Yancey before that race. Um, funny story there. Uh, Yancey, she trained at Camp Rhino and some, he knew someone there. And he's like, there's this girl who, like, she's a freak. I guarantee you if she gets into this race, uh, she'll, she'll do well. And literally the night before, Yancey bought an overnight flight for her to go from Las Vegas to travel for TMX. And she, I picked her from the airport. She took a red eye and then basically we did the course walkthrough and stuff. And on like no sleep, she ended up in fourth the next day. So it's just that dude mm-hmm. making the sport happen. Yep. You always hear those stories. Everyone's got that local monster who like everyone in their gym, like this is the one, if this person just gets their break. And most of the time, it's just the pond that they're in. But from time to time, the hype was real. And you just see someone and you realize yeah, and this person is the, is the truth. Yeah. That was uh, that was Jared Newby talking yeah. about Meg. He's like, I think she could be really good. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, we'll see. And then it's like, oh. <laughs> no, around yeah. here, it so was anyway, Becca uh, Clifford. I don't know if you remember that name. She she trains with Nicole still. Yeah, but she when she was... Uh, Prior to all Wisconsin, of this, there was a workout down at the lakefront, and she just took it to everyone. It was a Spartan, a free Spartan workout, and she dusted all the guys. And and then I I saw her at a workout. I'm like, she's the truth. And I told Robert Coble, and she came out and like podiumed her first big thing, and then right into stress fractures. But she, to me, she's one of the great what ifs of the sport. She had no background in this kind of thing, no real running background, and was just a monster. And just had like the Kirk DeWin thing happen with like stress fracture, stress fracture, stress fracture. And we never, we haven't seen the other side of it yet, but she was that local legend where people were talking about this girl who beat all the guys in this endurance workout. The great what ifs. Jack, yep. write it down episode when we're, when we got some dead week. What if? You got great some great what ifs? <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. You're like, Brack and I could talk. Jack, like me with that, TMX. Sure, I'll rank them. Yeah. That, that was, yeah. That was Useless. that was not your best showing. You did the only say... one I got wrong was on accident. Nah. I mean, the one I got right was on yeah. accident. Rich getting Dakota Rager. That was I was Thank impressed you. with that one. Kevin Riggy. That's a bummer. And you you knew you're like oh there's the, some you I know Australian girl. I knew who Kevin Riggy was too. I just like I forgot about yeah. him dancing. Yeah. I I give you credit. F- I'll, I'll give you like a nine and a half out of Thank twelve you. right there. Like I can't give you full credit, like, but I remember that good. race. This was this was uh one of my big break moments, BK, where I was like, I'm gonna fucking win this shit. In 2017, like people are gonna know my <laughs> you name. And I, saw, Kirk? I saw Sam yeah, yeah. I saw Sam Dancer out there. I was like, I'm about to beat Sam Dancer's ass in this thing. Uh-huh. And I and I did I didn't Matt I Frazier's gonna know uh, my name after this. My name. I was I was doing <laughs> oh, funky yeah. monkey and just splashed and just was f- swimming around in that water. I was in the I was in the heat with all the freaking globe trotters. <laughs> I got I got twenty first in the opening round of that one. I missed it by I think six or seven seconds making round two. 
my hands in 18, 18. so much on that metal. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah. And that's Perfect a good transition. Oh my we're gonna god, talk about next. Jack, you are just killing it. Yeah. Hold on, hold Give on. Give me some. Oh, we gotta turn this light. Yeah, there we go. Some of that clapping right there. Jack, yeah, you're freaking crushing yeah. today. Okay, so moving into grit games. <laughs> Great games. Let's go through the the results real quick. We'll just do the podiums on the men's side. Austin Azar, Jared Newby finishing second. VJ Jones finishing third. Our guy Ryan Kent was fourth. On the women's side, Chris Roglowski, domination, absolute crushing of the competition. Carly Wopat in second, and uh, Calypso Cali Sheridan was in third. So, did you guys dial in? I mean, I was on there. I was on that mic. You guys see? I got this new mic. Oh, we were chiming in. Oh, he's got the sure. I got that new mic. How, oh, how that sound? It's a sure thing. Sure thing. So, yeah, you guys were dialed in. You guys were chiming in, talking shit. Yeah, we were trash talking in the comments. Nice. You didn't see any of that? They don't kick it up to. Uh, do they normally kick that up? Oh. I think they they keep it pretty positive. It's the only yeah. reason I was doing it. <laughs> Bracken was chiming in like least valuable race brain <laughs> member. Uh, I was like, fantastic commentary, Rich. We can almost hear you. Like we were just. Just bashing. If it was if it was Matt forth, doing but... the controls, he would have sent up that trash talk. But they keep it pretty pretty PG over there. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I thought I was gonna get the boot from the live chat, but didn't that'd happen. Be great. Yes. You can block Banned. this guy. That'd be great for my my uh, my morale. Yeah. How was your uh, commentary debut, Rich? I, I know you've done it on Race Brain, but like first time you ever you've ever not been busy when I they didn't reached swear? out to you. I don't think. I don't think I swore. I don't know. It was good. It was fun. It is. Uh, yeah. It was like they had the, a decent setup. The event that I was on was the the Burpee 400, which is just like you don't know what's going on. <laughs> like you can't yeah. really tell who's winning. It was our best bet. Uh, it was clear that Kent and Chris were crushing. But other than that, it's like Kent lied about his strategy. It just seemed like that was just made sense. He's just like, I'm just gonna bang these out. They 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 didn't make you do burpees all the way to the ground, which I think was very nice for the athletes in an event which doesn't lean toward cutting the athletes a break at all but they did kind of cut them a break in that in that uh burpee situation and probably just for the judging the standards trying to make do you know that that was the form even less than that at the first spartan world championship i attended no the hump in, in 2011 the all you had to do was drop down to a push-up position that's cool you didn't even need like midsection contact or chest no contact. there's some video different? out there of hobie and josiah doing synchronous oh, offs after one. the spear in texas. texas 2011 and they're just drop down pop up drop down it was the fastest 30 burpees you'll ever see they didn't even stick their hands over their head it was just literally get down yeah, and do a push-up position seals <laughs> crunch back real quick <laughs> i like it yeah <laughs> you, get, you didn't have to get your hips down just to a push-up nope. not even i love it no so I, I have that, a suggestion for this. Anytime anyone wants to do an event like this in the future, I think it's mandatory that the judge has a whiteboard and they write your reps at the end of each round. So as mm. we, the, the camera can show who's actually leading, because otherwise you just thought whoever was running top three was top three. And it looked like Jared Newby was maybe even leading it because he kept running up to the front. That was at this. That was the last workout. Yeah. Where he was doing that. It was a guy named uh, Jonathan Stern. Right, but was he was running from like sixth up he to like well. third each time. And it was like, he mm -hmm. might be the sleeper mm -hmm. on this. And it turned out he wasn't getting many reps in compared to these guys. But some sort of rep counter that you just update once per round would be really helpful. 
Could be a notebook. Or even could, could be a notebook. Doesn't need to be a whiteboard. Yeah, we yeah. could get chalk out there. Could be an etch sketch. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah, it's tough because overhead it's, projector. It's basically an AMRAP workout without funneled lanes. Yeah. So, so the the events we talked about them last week, and uh, watching them on the broadcast. All, did you guys catch all of it? I don't watch all of it. Yeah. I watched yeah, all the of event two. The obstacle course was long that that because they had to go in in twos, but it yeah. looked seven minutes. It time looked cap. brutal, <laughs> brutal event, brutal time of year, really tough in, in in that area of the country in August. But I think it just lives up to its name, right? And like the thing that most of the athletes came away with were uh, very mangled hands and uh, a lot of it from the burns that Jack referred to that he got in the second TMX and also just uh, be spending a lot of time on the bar. Like, so there was rips and burns and uh, it seemed to be mostly the talk of the event. So I want to get you guys take on that, but, uh, but also just with the understanding that that's kind of the deal here. You know, this is like, they have a very old school OCR mentality where it's like, we're going to, put you through something that's very uncomfortable and not just from a fitness standpoint, from just like an overall capacity piece of, of just like how uncomfortable are you willing to be in aspects that you might not expect it to happen. And uh, I think the hands really played in, into that. And it's kind of part, it's kind of part of the event. Yeah. I think we're used to seeing ripped hands at events like OCR world, but that's always in October and that's due to, the not the weather elements but the elements of gripping stuff this seemed more of you're touching a hot stove and that's why your hands were mm. in trouble i know that they were spraying it with water to try to cool it down and stuff but that only does so much and, and the rules said absolutely no hand wraps grips gloves chalk anything like that and that's just what's going to happen when you touch something that's super hot and it's just baking in the sun because by the time they did the obstacle course it was after you know, the, the hottest part of the day in Texas, 100 degrees, just nonstop sun on it. That, that's just what's going to happen. And I think that they could, it definitely affected the end results and they probably could have adjusted the rules a little bit after seeing the day before. They had um, a bunch of the open heat people trying it and, and they messed up their hands as well. So I think they could have maybe made some adjustments or removed one thing, put some extra grips on Twister, for instance, but that's just kind of what happened. It's a shame that that's the talk of the event, but. BK, any thoughts? Yeah, I have an issue any time that this becomes the narrative after an event. Like it's it's like the barbed wire crawl and and Palmerton and the hands ripping here. It's what it overshadows how incredible the whole the whole competition is. Mm. And and I it doesn't. It's one of those things where like if the barbed wire five people left with their back tore up because they made a choice to do something cool. Good on you. You swung for it or five people ripped their hands. But if every single athlete is chewed to pieces, mm. it, there wasn't an option. And then it's, it just doesn't, I don't see what we're testing. And if you're, so if you're going to make them burn their hands and rip them apart and say, we're testing grit, then you shouldn't allow shoes either. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand why, like, I understand the purpose of the whole competition. I get it. I think it's cool. I think it has its place in this industry, mm. but the what they were testing there wasn't a test of anything athletic. It was like you're mm -hmm. just gonna lose your skin throughout this, and it's like it wouldn't have dulled the competition to say 
put coverings on your hands, put gloves on if you want. It's not going to make your forearms any stronger. It's not going to improve your technique at all. It's just going to stop your skin from being removed from your hands. It, I, know. I don't think it improves the competition to say, I understand that your skin's burning off, but we're testing grit here. Like, well, then right. run them barefoot. Otherwise, like, it's, <laughs> it's no different. Gloves are no different than shoes. It's, so That's it. If, it, I just don't see that it enhances it, but it dominated the headlines. And I don't think that's what you want because they run such a great competition that you don't want them to be talking about the unavoidable injuries that everyone had to cut. You don't have to get hurt to test grit. The events themselves were very yeah. interesting. And if this event was held in January when you wouldn't have had such scalding hot metal and, and stuff, and like you mentioned, Bracken, maybe five people ripped their hand just because mm -hmm. they overdid it as opposed to the weather elements causing it, then I think mm -hmm. that's on them. But if this was held in at a different time of year, like doing 400 burp, and then you have to do three more events after that when it's a hundred something degrees. I think if I was them, I would try to hold this at a different time of year next time that they do it. Cause the events fantastic. I think you had a lot of athletes prove that they want to show up for it. It was their sixth year doing it, but you don't want your event to, to have that negative connotation due to the, the hand ripping because no one's going to want to do it after if that happens year after year right. it was a an avoidable well, you got to start the obstacle course if that's part of it like hey the grit that we do want to test how well you do in the heat right because that's definitely part of it they're yeah. showcasing yeah, yeah what they do in texas that's right. right like hey yeah like you're in colorado it's 70 degrees when you train not here it's not going to happen like it's going to be different but yeah the or they, or they got to put the obstacle course like in the morning Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, 7 a.m. before it gets too hot, you have a little See bit of sun at that point. And yeah, just... allowing allowing athletes to have, like, I guess gloves just take on a connotation of being soft, I suppose, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like hand grips, uh, gymnastic grips. Uh, I don't necessarily agree. Crossfitters yeah, wear them. Right. It's, it doesn't. And like construction workers wear them because you, <laughs> you can do more Baseball work. players. Right, you can do more work. And that's... Uh, <laughs> And that's what Ryan Kent said. I, I was talking to him a little bit. He said, this is the hardest obstacle course I've ever had to do in anything OCR related. So it's not like it's the gloves are going to all of a sudden improve your skill uh, ability to get through technical obstacles. You might just not burn your hands. I think it made the obstacle course worse because what did we see VJ do? Yeah, just he bailed out. Couldn't bail skip something. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're not going to see a world champ do that normally. So I get, it actually removed the, the excitement of watching the best people try things on the course. Like yeah. I, maybe it, you don't want hand coverings, whatever. I, I think it's a arbitrary thing. Like where do you stop then? No shoes, no shorts, like no shirt, no hat coverings. We're not letting no our shorts. hat. Our, no sunscreen. We, right. So like, where does it, where does it oh. stop? But <laughs> not I think we want to showcase how good you can do as well. Like grit for yeah. sure. But there's a lot of ways to test grit and avoidable injury seems like something you would avoid. Yeah. Cause I think what the, the point that Jack, Jack made earlier is that the marketing of it is now kind of tough. Like, Hey, come down. It's going to be hot. We're going to do this obstacle course. Your hands are probably going to get fucked up because everyone's hands did. Yeah. Like you if know? you coming into this had a competition in two, two weeks afterwards, like I can squeeze this in and recover. I'll do that. You're not going to do that next year. Hmm. No one with a competition within maybe three weeks or four of this where they need their hands will do this. I wouldn't do this before a DECA because I'm going to have to do farmer's carry. Mm. So it's 
it 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 does change again like we we've said it three or four times but the whole takeaway the headlines the narrative was hands got jacked up which is tough the events themselves like that was a gritty weekend no doubt you just have it a little bit differently allowing hand grips or move it to a cooler time of year completely different narrative i think the athletes competing and stuff they gave it their all (laughs) and if hand ripping wasn't an issue they would have been you know praising the event more than just being like here are my hands here's another picture that looks gross but agreed which is what so but then the takeaway from the athletes there did in that final event it kind of came down to whoever was going to win between austin jared vj and kent was gonna like win the whole thing outright the way that the scoring was and they they scored it more like crossfit they change it every single year then this year they did like a point table where it was on a hundred four points is it negative four points each time and did it get more as it went down or was it just four every time i think it was just four just looking what at do you it think, Jack, is that okay i mean you know what i'm gonna say it's not percent of winner no i i mean it was reasonable that i did have one if they're gonna use that system i didn't understand why an event one carly and chris chris was closing hard she did not they were not tied get ahead of carly though <laughs> yeah. they completed the same amount of things Chris was clearly second place in that heat, yet they mm-hmm. both won 100 points. And the men's I didn't too. agree with that part. If you're going to use a, a basic scoring system like that, Chris should have got second in that. Granted, she you know, basically swept the entire thing. Oh, it right. looks like it on paper, but she probably should have won three yeah. and got second and a fourth. I usually don't get too into this percentage of winner nonsense, but if the title of your competition is Grit Games, you need a scoring system that rewards grit. As it was, if you weren't going to have a chance to get the next place, you might as well coast because there's no reward for doing better without catching someone. So I think if you're going to reward toughness, people should be selling out for points because they know like Kent sold out without realizing it, but he should have been rewarded for that because he's going to be trashed into the next thing. Where second place is like, if I can't catch Kent, whether I do one less burpee or 25 less burpees, it's the same points. Same I should do 25 less burpees. So that puts it, it's at odds with testing overall grit. So this is one of the times I would actually say percent of winner is the only way to do this. And I think that's why Kenny liked doing that like pass. Was they, I thought they had some sort of system on that because he yeah. wanted every event, every single athlete and every single event to need to press all the way yep. through. And he was able to do that very well with that 400 burp test because you don't know where you're at, where you're at. Like, Kent was killing everybody and didn't know and had to keep his his foot down yeah. on the gas. And uh, if Kent had 10% extra burpees and 100 to the max, then second place should have been 90 because that's 10% less than 100. Like that, that's I mean, I'll take your done. word on that. Yeah, that's right. You're just saying stuff. Yeah. It means nothing to me. Okay. It's just a real tough in my way. It's not what I'm here for. Yeah. But shouts to Austin. That last, the last event, it was. Um, what it was, it was you had to finish an 800 meter in a certain amount of time. And after four minutes, it was four minutes until a certain point, maybe about 30 minutes into the event. And then everyone got yeah. cut down by 30, by 10 seconds. So it'd be, and then when it got to three minutes, I think was the last duration that they would have to cover 800 meters for. And then when you would get back, there was some sort of task. It was 30 second dead hang or 30 second. Uh, static overhead hold with uh, like I think a 30 pound medicine ball. So not, nothing super heavy. And the last event turned in after that three minute run, it just turned into a dead hang off. So whoever, whoever got yeah. there and, and hung on the bar the longest and 
Austin almost didn't make it. But when I was watching, I was like, dude, if Austin gets back to this, it's a wrap. Didn't he hang for like seven minutes at the combine or something? At the combine, yeah, he was like six and a half, seven mm-hmm. minutes, and then they told him and Matt Kempson, "All right, time to get off." <laughs> Wasn't that with that? Was that with pull up with a pull up in between? That was with a tap on each shoulder. Goodness, what a beast! But two handed for ten seconds, and then just tap, reset, keep going. So it's a good event for Austin. This is like, I mean, the, the athlete still who we figured we didn't know Jared was was going when we talked last week. I didn't yeah. know he was going, and yeah. um, he he. Jared Jared thinks he is the best goofball games athlete out there right now. Where was Cole? We're talking about the best. Another guy thinks he's the best, but yeah. And I don't disagree with him. I'm not, when Jared shows up at one of these events, he's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. Austin's up there as well, but I agree Jarrett's probably number one because Austin got one, second in the Spartan Combine that year, <laughs> yeah. I believe, behind Matt Kempson. That's true. In Laughlin, and he did the one in Pennsylvania back in the day. I think you were there, Bracken, but I don't remember the results off MPA? the top of my head. Wait, he might have been third. Yeah. Do you know that Indeed. a Crocker has never lost a Combine? Is that true? Mm. Yeah. How many have you done? We've done two. And you're you both took the took W's, yeah. Nice, good work. Which highlights the flaws in the test. <laughs> Did you make the test? <laughs> I made the test for Laughlin, and you did not participate. Correct. Nice. Okay. Not solely. Magida, Amelia Boone, and I made that test because that's that's old school TMX. Hunter basically made the course, <laughs> and then gets to go out and and compete for. Twenty thousand dollars or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Guess who has the uh, the SoCal results? Got them right here. So uh, let's see. Oh, they don't have the the overall result. It's just individual results, mm-hmm. but not the uh, the total rankings. Never mind. I've got your individual events if you care to. I'll forward it to you later, Bracken. But you look at it and be like, man, print it out. Forty yard what? dash, broad jump. Forty yard dash was on uh, gravel. Oh, that's why. That's why you were yeah. five five. What was it? Macaulay and I still went one two there. Yeah, it was that probably like step. four eight or four nine. Did you get under? Uh, I was try five say, six. It was hand timed <laughs> as well. Oh, okay. we were that, we were in the four six four so seven when we did four, yeah. laser timed in. Uh, that's really fast. But that was on a that was on a cinder track. Everyone's a four six four seven. I don't know if I believe it was that. laser timed on a cinder track. The forty yards, yeah. The old, the old, or, the old or meters, right? Yeah, I'm just messing with you. Anyway, yeah, that it, was, yeah, it, 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 it was not a good test of who's going to be good at Spartan. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Not going to argue with that. On the women's end, it was Chris. Chris took had a hundred points in every single event. Uh, like we talked about before, Carly was ahead of her in that uh, carry test, but Chris was like kicking to catch up to her like was really putting it out there to to and it and it yeah. made mm-hmm. a difference in the, in the total score i was definitely impressed with carly the way that she approached the burpee 400 test i knew that like that's a tough test for her just based off of her size and her running ability she managed her runs really really well mm-hmm. and just plugged away at the burpees and it was just really is impressive as someone who might not be as dialed in with 
an endurance event for her to have the restraint to know not to go with it. She was also wearing a heart rate monitor, so she's probably monitoring herself and making sure it's like, I can't go any higher than this, no matter what. And her burpees, her burpees stayed four up. Four events yeah. to do. And yeah. she did well on the obstacle course, too. I think she was like second or third. So she's, she's just an improvement. It seemed like Chris just decimated everybody, oh, though. I didn't catch the last event for the endurance part. It was long. It was like over an hour for the men. I'm doing stuff. I got paint. Yeah. Fast forward. And Clipso Sheridan bit. is also like Carlton Clipso. Also, are just when when the games, the goofball games show up, they're going to be there, and it's going to be an issue. Nothing you could do about it. So we'll see them both in Battle Bunker, and I don't know where else. Clipso, we should see in Deca. She will definitely qualify for the top yep. twenty. And uh, Carly, I don't know when like the next like event event that she will be doing, but she'll she'll definitely be a battle bunker when that when that drops. I know you laugh and joke about goofball games and everything like that, but some of these events are just for the sake of destroying people. The grit games, I give them credit for testing things. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen some games that have things that the you can tell the event organizers were like, how could we destroy them here? And then destroy them again. like, And then they cross the line and they're on the ground and they're like, success. No matter right. what it was that got them there, if they can see an athlete destroyed, it was a success. And there's like that masochistic approach to it where Grit Games has purpose to it. Yes. The things that they test are relevant other than the decision on the hands. Everything else made sense from a, if you can do these things, you're going to be successful in this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I wouldn't lump I this agree. into the goofball yeah. games, though. I mean, like the Go Ruck is just like the pinnacle of that. <laughs> like the things that yeah. they've tested over the past two years. Cosplay like, games. This is yeah. This just makes no sense. Like you can't prepare for this. This is just like a, a fun event that you could do, and that's great. But like these are the, Th- this was like almost standardized. Like we know what these at least three of the events are going to be, and then the fourth mm-hmm. event changes to, like as they tweak it throughout the year. So this is much more of a legit competition. Yeah. Than, uh, than yeah. a go ruck game. games. This, this is sorry, Jack. If yeah. you win the go ruck games, that mu- you could win it without being good at any other form of hybrid or racing or OCR or running. Totally, absolutely. How, grit games, you can't win it without being good at other things. Like if you mm-hmm. never did anything else and you won grit games, you would go be successful in a hybrid or road running or or OCR. Maybe not the best at it, but you'd be instantly good at it. Where like. If you finish your competition and the only thing that you're guaranteed to be good at is that competition, I don't know what you're testing. Right. For for these hybrid games. And then what does it matter? Things. Right. Like what does it right. matter for the athletes then? What is what is this? It's even? like winning broken skull. Like it didn't say what you'd be good at. A monster athlete can win it, but someone could win it who's no good at anything in particular other than winning that. But since that was a TV show, that's acceptable. And that's anyway, why that that's why yeah. I do like the grit games over some of these other ones that are like, are we just like kind of like testing people who aren't that good at running and aren't that good at CrossFit? And we're just kind of like uh, just throwing good at holding throwing something wrenches over their head. at people and see how they do with it. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. sh- sure, sure. Jack, you've been cut off a yeah, bunch this, of times now. This, so now you- all good. I was just going to say this event, I will factor into the Fiber ah, Fitness Media top okay. 20 rankings. Well, I mean, because it was a standardized competition, not just an okay. event. An, ev- an event I define as like people get together, you're just doing 
something. And yes, there there might be a competitive aspect to it, but there aren't necessarily like knowns. There are too many unknowns and it's unpredictable. It doesn't really test what we're looking for in a yeah, hybrid athlete. This, it's transferable. And you had a lot of good names there. So I think head to head matters. It does stink that hands played into the equation, but I do think that at the end of the day, like if you're looking at the names in the top five or so, that's kind of who we expected. Maybe the order is a little Ken's bit different. Dropping. He's out. But Jack said he's done. Yeah, he's had a rough year at kind of weird events. I have a question for the group. Like we were talking about, who do we bring in to try to be high rocks competitive? If you all had to sponsor an athlete to come in to win the game, the grit games next year, who is not there, but they have to go against everyone who currently was there, who are you bringing? One man, one woman. Who are you, who, who are you bringing to, to take this thing down? Atkins. I was going to say Hunter. Okay. I was going to say Rylan. And then yeah, on the Ryan, women's Ryan, side. Rylan was going to go. Rylan could have done really well. Give me a, give yeah, me a, that's a good point. 85% healthy Rylan. Atkins <laughs> yeah, would obviously be good. You would have done well, for sure. Yeah. I think Chris is the most well-rounded, and that's probably who I would have picked. Tara, she was there. You kind of think of her as you know, really good at hybrid, but not necessarily OCR. And we kind of saw what happened there. She just didn't perform as well as she probably wanted to, but Chris is probably the heavy favorite. I don't know about Lauren's obstacle game or Meg Meg's slightly better runner. They just went actually head to head in uh rally mm -hmm. in the Valley. Coming so I think that both of those two very safe. Ida. Ida would be really good. Ida would be good really point. good at this with that. Thing, so yeah. I think it's kinda... yeah. Ida is a good call because she's not going to get mine. Um, programmed out because of some heavy lifting situation. Atkins, Atkins and Lauren, Lauren's not a bad off. choice. I'll take Meg. Throw Meg in the mix. She, she, she's done Who's a... Uh, yeah, Hunter. Hunter. Meg's done a... Her <laughs> okay, dead hang is close to three minutes. She's tested it recently. So, I don't know. She probably doesn't have a ton of skill on the obstacles, but <clears throat> she can muscle through it. It's all right. She can figure it out. I don't think Carly necessarily did, but she got second in the obstacle. Totally. So moving on to another, this was like the, the inaugural event at Rally in the Valley. This was, took place somewhere in West Virginia. I don't, West Virginia geography, I don't know. Hurricane. Is it near Bechtel or whatever? Maybe. Is Bechtel it all the reserve? Same? Probably. <laughs> how, do, how am I supposed to know? But. Yeah. Uh, I've also got eight minutes left. So just, if oh you guys want to continue on, I'll probably Brad, drop what's off. this? Shows up late, leaves early. Not, this is in first out. He's a smart that's, investor. That's how he does. Yeah, yeah. Um. Right here, I got two missed calls from people in my company. In the meantime, well, you don't got to. They tell me you're pooping. Yeah, Race Brain Inc. is right here. <laughs> I'm not racing you right now. <laughs> there it is. Oh, Rich. Rich that was quick. The one we were waiting for it. <laughs> that was um, good. A, a little bit delayed. Meant to go back and cut that in a little bit just for the sake of it yeah so rally in the valley first time event happening up there this was more in line with what i would consider like hybrid fitness racing than there was a couple things in there that were wrinkles that were, were a little strange but we'll go just go through the podium real quick it was jack driscoll on the men's side my guy joe roberto finished second and jonathan napier was third on the women's end it was lauren weeks meg jacopi and jess petro uh, finished in the third spot there. So this looked really cool. And they had it was a two-day event. It was split between kind of like an endurance day, and then the second day was more CrossFit, Metcon-y type stuff. And it was a lot of entrails. They did a paddleboard race 
which was something that is a little bit kind of like that unknown, like, <laughs> um, wh what are we doing with this? They did a cognitive memory test. Did you hear about this? Old school, uh, Downhill old school or Spartan stuff. Apparently, Meg was telling me that you had to, there was like a, a bunch of items on the ground. You had to stop and look at them and then continue running down. And then when you got to the base, you had to list as many of the items as you possibly could. It's like MTV so is the challenge. A little bit. A little bit. Well, how did the memory test work with Spartan? I never had to do it. You had your race number and it would correlate to a code. The, if your bib ended with a one, you had to remember the the code. What did for you the put one. in? Did you yeah, like have like to tell somebody or something? Yeah. So then you get to a checkpoint, and there'd be a worker with a clipboard, and you'd say race number two five eight, and they say go ahead, and it'd be like Zulu zero seven two seven. Like, all right, you're clear. Did you have to do burpees if you'd miss it? Thirty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a little silly. I think that that's a little silly. I I had a no situation. <laughs> In Illinois, I was racing Ryan Woods. And this is the first time I I was like free and clear ahead of Woods. And I got to a memory test at mile four. And this was a seven mile race. And I stop and I look at it and I'm just over and over and over. And I take off. And like a mile later, I realize I don't know it. Mm. So I'm. Oh, it would be a mile later when they test you. Sometimes it would be right three away. miles later. They didn't tell you when it was going to be. In Killington oh, one year, geez. it was like six miles later. That's crazy. I was just chanting going up the hill. Anyway, I just kept waiting, knowing I need to build up a 30 burpee lead and just thrashed myself. <laughs> Thought about going back and didn't. And finally, I got to the Z wall and all was left was the fire wall, the fire pit. It was Z wall and then like an eight foot wall. I'm like, they're going to be standing at the finish line for this thing. I'm going to have to, and I got over and it, they're like, oh no, uh, we just decided not to, to do that. <laughs> 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 I just ran like three and a half, four miles, terrified for my life. And they just well, decided luck, not to test lucky it. Lucky for you. Better off. Better off for that. Huh. Uh, yeah, They so, got rid of it when people started bringing Sharpies and mm, writing the code down on their arm. That's, what I, that's probably mm. what I would have done. It seems crazy. So the programming, I really like the way that it's looked over here at the Rally, rally at the Valley. Uh, I thought it, it was a good representation of act like hybrid fitness racing. It was a, it, it wasn't all crossfit light like how we saw at battle bunker it's like no skill crossfit like okay this was it had a lot more endurancey running pieces and a lot of single modality what do we call what what are the crossfitters a lot of monostructural events where there was just like a 5k uh, a ruck run up a descent down and then the paddleboard situation and then they had a kind of what do you guys think about this for finishing these events where they take the top X amount of athletes, it seems to typically be like eight is what we've seen on Go Ruck and then again in Rally in the Valley, and then having it be elimination style. I don't like it. I like it if you go from That's, least to most specific. In, in terms of what? Like skill required for the task. I like it, but you can't have a, an oddball or specialty event early. That, well, that yeah, that's what Goruk has done. They like they they made the elimination an overhead hold and mm -hmm. famously wrestling. It's like let's just start with the wrestling. Let's just get it out of the way. If you can't win the wrestling, don't don't do the hold. <laughs> but uh, but this this was kind of more like that. Jack, what are your thoughts? You just you you don't like? I'm not a fan. No, because some some people's strength. It would be like the make your perfect high rocks thing where Bracken's like, oh, we're gonna 
take do devil takes the hindmost and eliminate the person who's last after the skier it's like what if your best event is later on and you don't get a chance to do it like you were a monster at the other seven but you're just not good at you know skier or in deca if you're just slow on the lunges it's like sorry you don't get a chance to make up ground too strict on the lunges you're counting (laughs) waiting on for the judge to tell you to go and it doesn't happen i know here here's my rationale I've been a part of probably three or four of these game style things. And whether you're doing a hybrid games or a CrossFit games or like the golden trail world championship where they did three days of racing, what ends up happening is some people just got it. They get into their groove and some people just get worse and worse and worse. You rarely see people make big shifts in the field. And these game type situations, it starts separating early and people come from like fourth to first, but you don't see someone start out at the bottom and win very often. And maybe Jack, with your recollection, you can come up with something, but there's a palpable, like separating energy feeling to this, where the people who are doing well are going to keep doing well until they crack. But the people who are bad early, they don't get on track. Mm, so you think it's okay. Patrick Vellner almost always is like 25th to 40th after the first event or two he he's always mm-hmm. is notorious for having he's a bad start a hole, to the game but he's not the and worst he, yeah yeah i'm not saying that but like say that you did head to head and in theory you're gonna eliminate 50 percent of oh, the field I, I don't think we would if ever you're do in that 25th i think we're talking yeah. about cutting down the uh yeah to the very end as well jack so usually he can make his way back to it to um, yeah i know I don't know. I'm not a fan of even at the CrossFit games when they do top 20 after day three. I don't like the cuts either. Then I don't like the cuts either. Down. But yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of, I, I think it's enjoyable, but it, yeah, I don't know. Like what do the other events mean then? You know, like if you do, if you're, if you win every single event and then it comes down and like you're eliminated because of something that maybe you are, or if you're, you are winning after all the events and you, and you finish second to fifth in all of them, mm-hmm. you're the most consistent throughout the entire weekend. And then you get something where, oh, you fin- you happen to f- finish an event that is cl- less in your wheelhouse and you get fifth on one of those and you're eliminated after being the most consistent best athlete yeah. the entire time. Or you can't do both systems. And it's is the like, point. You can't have a point system yeah. and a knockout because then it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like there's no, you're, you're right. There's no point building a lead if you're going to have to wrestle and not make <laughs> it to the final. Right. Like if you're tied... I could see having a wrestle off. But... Do, you think there's a, do you think there's a way they can do one of these these games where it is like back in back in Little League we used to play tournaments and there'd be double elimination tournaments. So you get eliminated, you drop into the losers bracket, and then you could work yeah. your way back into yep. actually wrestle back. Yeah. That works in team sports, but it doesn't seem to wrestle work back. Out. Wrestling does it. We'll just do, wrestle it. That's wrestling what it is. Does. Well you you get hybrid fitness events in the winners bracket, but when you lose, it's a wrestling bracket. And you actually have to wrestle your way to get in back into the But finals. if you can win so, the loser's bracket, then you get to go to the, final, to the final against. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You have to. So maybe we do that for an event. We just set it up. 64 athletes, double elimination style. <laughs> just do random ass, just do random ass events. How's Sometimes that going to work? No, like, we won't really Not actually wrestle. wrestling. But we'll just make it as silly as we can. Oh. Sometimes it'll be a 5K run. Okay. Sometimes it'll be uh, one rep max deadlift. You'll have no chance in some of the events, but that's just how we're going to do it. <laughs> I was going to say Hawk Call versus Zach Vogel might not be a good match I would do cut down to watch, 200s. But... Start for at the last start at nasty. crosses. 40. No, for the final two. <laughs> Make it time-based? Like, 
I'll go. I'll go. Okay, okay. Start so at forty, just... and there's a thirty second rest each time to just walk across the field to start the next two hundred. Start at forty and just cut down. Next one's got to be done in thirty nine, and then thirty eight. You go until one person can't make the cut down. That would be my carnival games eliminator. That's, and that punishes that's you for you not getting clear on your own anyway. That's all you. That's that's the BK event. Yeah. What this made me th- yeah. look at, I-, I thought it was a cool event. There was a little bit of goofiness in it. Like, again, the paddleboard. If you announced that in advance, I'm cool they with it. They did. That. And they did. And that so, was like the one thing that I saw with yeah. this event. I was like, yeah. paddleboard, interesting. So I wasn't totally against it. If you surprise someone with a paddleboard, that's strange. Uh, but what it made me pine for was when they at i believe it was going to be at shale hill they were going to do that long distance hybrid ocr competition where there were going to be like 200 skills tested over the course of 15 miles like every skill and it made me want to do that is our carnival our goofy games the race brain goofy games would be like a 30k or a 50k <laughs> with every single skill tested from all the existing hybrid slash OCR <laughs> formats we've ever seen <laughs> everything we've ever seen. So you're going to hit a rig. You're going to hit a swim. You're going to hit a rower, a skier, going to salt bike. You're going to have to hit, uh, a, there's going to be a shooting station, like balance, just everything. I like it. Over the course of a long trail the run. race brain goofy. I games. also, I, I asked Jared if he's going to have, Goofy games up at Noob Sanity, like a that's where you could do a championship. We could do this. You could do it. And so you take a two day or a one day competition, and you just take out all the rest. So it's the ultra goofy games. (laughs) Is that that's what it made me want? And there was going to be big money, and people started to train for it, and and then it just went away. Chris is the heavy favorite. That's in like New England, right? Yeah, Vermont, I believe. Vermont, dude. Anyway, I want an ultra yeah. goofy games. I want no rest between. I want it to be a trail run like they did there. <laughs> they had a lot of trail running. I thought it was cool. And you just hit pit. It'd be, I picture like going through a state park and every time you come to a, like a picnic area or a gazebo, there's just a station set up under the pavilion. And now you do this thing or maybe multiple, like you're hitting Ram burpees, step backs and skier. And now you're back on the trail and you just keep hitting waypoints, the ultra goofy games. This could take place of what we were trying to do with the ultra. No, no, don't even say things like that. Oh, okay, we'll we'll keep that in. Hey, we're just building an empire. Twenty four hours in the dome of High Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Jack, I just don't off, uh, don't but... leave. Just um, m- mute your mic and your uh, camera. Camera. I don't. It might need to upload. But you can get the hell out of here. I don't care about that. I'm not begging you to to stay. I, I am. Bye. See you guys. I don't know how much more we really have to talk about BK. But not much. Not a ton. Not a ton here to talk about. But I like that. I like this, like what they did at Rallying Valley. I think it was probably the most, for me personally, and it was just like my own flavor, I would have enjoyed this event more than any other like pop-up games that I've seen so far. Yep. I agree. I think it was very well-rounded. I think the setting is a bonus. And... I think if you get a hundred athletes there and 50 of them are real high level, it'd be awesome. Yeah. There was no money at this time at this event this year, which is crazy how they got these athletes out here. Lauren, Meg, Jess Petra is, is very good. And she's going to, we're going to see a <laughs> lot of her coming up. Corinna was there. Kitty Knight was there. Lauren Montala was there. They had 
really high level female athletes, at least the men's athletes. These are athletes that we've seen more at, um, at like the things like battle bunker, like Joe was at regional battle bunker. athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Jack was at battle bunker. He made, he made the final and he's, he's impressive. He's really strong and, and, um, pretty fast for how strong he is as well. So we'll, I mean, we'll see if this thing grows. They get, they get a little backing behind it. What's your opinion? Again, it's just tough. <laughs> it's just tough to, how do you get there? Can you even get there? I feel mm-hmm. like when, when they had the, it was like a 13 hour drive, no matter where you were coming from. Uh, both years, I just flew into Charlotte and road tripped up with Brian Gowiski. So it was like six or seven, it was like a six hour drive. Exactly. Or Raleigh right. or whatever it was. Charlotte, I, I think, think he, Charlotte. There is a, there is an airport in Charleston, but who yeah. knows how close that is to this place? Hurricane? Couldn't tell you. Yeah. All right. I have well, a question for you. Okay, great. And it's going to be a shoe question. Nice. Let's do it. Jack and I are talking about doing doubles at High Rocks Chicago. Oh, yeah. And so you it's bet. a two-part two shoe question. Last year, at one point, you messaged me and you said, I think the Endorphin Pro 3 is just the option this year. Mm. We've seen new shoes come out. There's a whole host of older shoes that it seems like no one has tested yet because there's the assumption it won't work well. Do you have a better option for 2023-2024 than the Endorphin Pro 3? For people who want a super shoe for high rocks, I think the Rocket X can work. Like uh, from what I've tested and what I how I've used it, I think that that one can definitely work. It has a better underfoot feel for me. I think it's a little bit of a higher performing super shoe. Uh, the upper is just a little bit flimsy. Like the and the heel counters, I, I wouldn't. I don't trust it a ton. Yeah. So right now I do, but then like there, I mean. I guess it matters how much you want to look at the like those five k ten k shoes that are coming out, right? Like that, like what, like what, um, what, what's what's the Saucony did the endorphin? What what was that one called? You just had the sinister. The sinister, yes. I, I was I was thinking that category that's kind of like the Kinvara, right? Like, oh, the Kinvara like, like, Pro. Yeah, like it's kind of like a lightweight that's like a train. Yeah, it's like more of like a lightweight trainer. That, like a but, tempo shoe, like a tempo shoe. What was it in their endorphin line? I thought they came out with one that was like in that middle weird ground that didn't I don't have. Think they did yet? What were the shoes that there's a speed? It was a speed, right? Isn't that like a like a more? Well, the speed is yeah, it's the pro with with a nylon plate. Or... Okay, and what was it? Was there three? I thought there was three. Shift is the like maximal cushioning one. Okay, no, totally no, different shoe. Yeah, and uh, the Hoka just came out with that other one. Uh, Road Chelly or whatever. Cielo. Oh yeah, the Cielo, Cielo, and also the uh, Mach X. Mach X. So we're seeing a lot more of everyday running shoes kind of having some super foam in there. What are you thinking? I don't know. The new On Cloud Boom 3 or whatever it looks like it has some decent grip. I still think the Mizuno Rebellion Pro needs a test. Yeah. You don't have a pair yet? No, because they're just so funky. I just, and they're not on sale yet. Although Runner In has them for like 180 or something like that. Oh, I yeah. almost, but uh, have that, you seen that, those? Have people been performing with those on the road? Have we ever seen people run fast, like high level athletes? No, because the highest level have a deal or they're just sticking with Vapor Alpha, Vapor mm-hmm. mostly. Mm-hmm. The new three seems to not be as aggressive, which might be good. And the tread is improved. Definitely. I'm wondering why no one's tried the Alpha 2 yet. 
Alpha in general is just kind of... The know, second alpha is it? so much more stable and the tread's different. Yeah. I would be interested in that. I pushed a sled with the alpha ones before and it moves. You can push it. Can you pull it stable is yeah, the question. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel comfortable pulling it. The downside with the big, big stack is that the forefoot's big. So like in the alpha, walking lunges would be deficit lunges. <laughs> and like if you, they hardly fit in the rower straps. Like it's it's weird right. how it fits. I in wonder like about the, the uh, Adios Pro 3. Mm. But they just have not been like the rubber that they've been using in that whole line. It's just. I like the rubber in the line, just not for indoor not dusty concrete. concrete. No, agreed. <laughs> Agreed. So I don't know. And then uh, for Jack, because Jack's a minimal drop. He does the zero barefoot outside of the ultra vanish carbon, which is not a great shoe. It's not complete yet. The lockdown's not very good. What's the option for a low drop super shoe? What about that sinister? That's still like an eight or 10 mil drop. It's just minimal. It's so narrow. It's like a track spike fit. These cellos, these cellos are low. I'm pretty sure. I think those are four. I'm talking more like low drop rather than low stack. Yeah. Like zero to three mil drop with, is there anything in the high rocks world that you'd want? The cellos are three. Are they? Yeah. Do you like them? Um, I'm not. Sure. They really, really ripped up my feet the first time mm. I used them. Like it, it, I was bleeding from my heel and from my pinky toe on my right side. I did a track workout in them, but like usually like, it should be fine. I wore them for a high rocks workout or for DECA workout yesterday and they, they work fine. They're good. I think I'm going to wear them for DECA and PA. Okay. I'm going to bring them. I want to bring them and see what they got. But if you want something a little bit lower, I think that's the move. Yeah, I wonder about that Puma Deviate Nitro Two. What are the what's the drop on they, that? They raise the stack. No, not for these, not for Jack, but in general, they raise the stack height on the Nitro Two, and I think they made it a little more stable. So that could be an option for just you and I. I, I mean, I, the way the fast R's feel, I'm interested. I've and I, I I've talked to some people who really like the the puma line just in general i didn't like the deviate nitro elite or the deviate elite one why not it just it's like a it's stiff flat it didn't Mm. feel any plate to it in terms of propulsion but it really makes you want to supinate Mm. so i I just didn't feel anything got good out of it and i had to work to hold my stride well in it but the two they Mm. added stack height to it which usually accentuates you can put more of a curve to the plate Mm-hmm. And you get a little bit if the foam. I have good foam. Is, yeah, like even, even with the fast stars, like I'm not blown away by the underfoot. It's just I like, like the, the foam better feel. in the deviate than the fast stars. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I would like to see how that how that does work. I've never, I haven't had anything other than that, but I'm interested. I did. I told you I did four by eight minutes yesterday, and I did mm-hmm. endorphin pro round one, fast star round two. <laughs> Uh, Meta Speed Sky round three, and then Alpha round four. And the Meta Speed Sky are closer to the Alpha than to the other two. It, it just reminded oh, yeah? me how much I really love the Meta Speed Sky. I think you like these Rocket X. You hate Hoka. You hate Brooks. 
I love uh, Hoka. Try them. That they're that the Rocket X. I think that you would really like. That's Rocket the closest X two. one that. It, uh, Rocket. Uh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The actual Super Shoe. The new, yeah, the new one that yeah. they came out. Yeah, it was Rocket X too. So I think you would like the Metaspeed Sky, and then I will yeah. try the Rocket X. Because mm-hmm. that was the closest thing that I've had that feels like an Alpha. I don't. I've never. I've never really r- ran run in a Vapor, but the closest thing that I've felt for an Alpha has been the uh, Rocket X. So both far. the Adios Pro and the Sky. I mean, yeah, the Metaspeed Sky to me feel like tame Alphas. Hmm. Differently, the the pro is the Adios Pro is very stiff, but it, really? there's a bounce to it. But the Sky is in between the two. It's not as stiff as the Pro, but not as mushy as the Alpha, and it has some. Both of them are like land and bounce rather than like rock me through. I had those Primex stacked fifty. Those <sighs> were bouncy balls. I still have them. I just haven't worn them in a while. But they're not doing it. You can't. You can hard. I don't think I've brought them to the track. You can't turn at all. No. No turns whatsoever. Straight line, like point. slightly downhill marathon. Downhill, that's your shoe. Yeah, like the Colorado Marathon or what's the Mount Charleston one Mount or whatever. Charleston. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Have all you right. lost in a doubles? Have I lost in a doubles? No. You finished any place other than first? No. Okay. Jack better bring it. It's called picking good partners. Hey. The glue, you're a glue guy. I'm a glue guy. I'm a every, relay every, guy. That's what you want. You put together every, a relay. Yeah, true. Every you championship want me on your team. needs that. Every championship needs that. Uh, what we got in the running public this week? Uh, we did training Tuesday, yesterday. Uh, comes out today on uh, the the five workouts that Kirk and I have prescribed the most this year. Mm, this Pure year. running workouts, yeah. Okay, nice. It's not yeah, just we like... talked in the past about our favorite ones, but looking through what have we actually prescribed quality day the most to all of our athletes in total? <laughs> Mine would definitely just be like eight by three minutes at threshold, like 40 seconds. Threshold. <laughs> well, yeah, one <laughs> of mine like... was a three minute, five minute, seven minute progression. It's just a progression off of that. That's absolutely yeah. what it would be. Yeah, um, that was my that was my first one is that was my most prescribed but then like long cut down type stuff and other, mm. i'm not going to give it all away but breaking down yeah. why we like it and why it works for so many people listen to the room do you have an interview we have an interview i don't know if it's fully lined up and it seems like any time i say what it's going to be the interview falls through what about the one that's out now do you have one uh from right last out? week that was coming off of kirk's wedding so we just did one episode just basically a long training tuesday we did did like you give them- in depth talking on maximizing running volume? Like if you can't run anymore, how do you make your miles matter more? Mm. Did you give them your your wedding gift? Mm-mm. Just you know, are you going to do it? I'm still putting. Wait, what did you think my wedding gift was going to be? Advice. Oh, advice. So <laughs> I, I I'm going along those lines, and I'm putting together a gift for him, like my okay. marriage starter pack. Was going to be like everything that's been beneficial to our marriage. <laughs> I like it. You're going to send them like books. What do you mean? Like, it's like a whole be... box full of everything. It's going to be like a hodgepodge, random assortment of everything that's made our marriage better. That can be like hundred dollars or less. I love it. I mean, you have value there. It's been you've been married some time. Dozen. Dozen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you have experience on that. I would just married be like, in 2011. Know. Wow. Yeah, you that this is that's actually a valuable gift. If it was coming from me, it'd be just like trash. Nothing. <laughs> trash and is I'm, what keeps I'm you guys together. Take out the trash and you're good to go. Um on reinforced running, we had 
Oh, someone on when I talk with Kent, we talk a lot because I've been doing that nine day mm. uh, schedule that you you actually brought to my attention because you did that whole series on on that. So someone has asked to dive into that a little bit deeper. So I did that on the nine or ten day schedule. I made sure to mention. I was like, my someone dudes told over, me. I was like, my dudes over there, they've been chewing up time. They've got like ten episodes on. They did like a seven day, an eight day. Nine day, all the way to 20 days. That's what they did. 365 day schedule. <laughs> just, we call it like the Dylan Scott probably just something random every day. Um, so I did one of the, I did something like that. That's out now. And then I just talked to Meg yesterday. We did a big deep dive on rally in the Valley. You know, what's funny. We did our seven, nine, and then 14 day schedules or whatever. And we had a bunch of our athletes reach out and be like, hey, I think I'm ready to try it. And then you put it out and I had two more athletes to contact me. Like, hey, I was just listening to Rich's episode. I'm like, what? He did like, no, no, no. He he told the first thing he did was say, so I your said, episode is- convinced two of my athletes to shift to it after my episode did not. You just planted the seeds. I just I just brought I it into just, you're, selling. You're putting me under. It's 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 tricky though. It's not it's not like I I've I don't I've programmed it maybe a couple of times, but like it's just like the seven days just nice in terms of what it can do for a schedule. A schedule, but I think for hybrid nine is really nice. It's nice. It's nice. How are you doing yeah. it? Do I need to listen to your episode? No, um, I would never send you a link to the episode. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm saying, would I find it interesting? Um. I don't know if it's necessarily going to tell you. I didn't listen to your episodes, so I don't know exactly how you guys covered it. But a lot, like the gist is basically like, if you're going to do this, don't just add, like do it for the sake of recovery and not for uh, necessarily adding more quality. Um, I've been doing still doubles, double thre- double quality works two days a week. And then I'm doing like an, my X Factor day because we talked about that, like an X Factor day for double threshold. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I've added in. And that's going to be more like, what I'm considering power endurance, more like mm. accessing strength under fatigue, as opposed to just compromised running, compromised station work. This is like compromised power work is kind of what I'm putting in there. You like it in so far? Yeah, I do. Again, it's it's even been a little tricky just like trying to navigate like how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sat down and scheduled out several weeks and just to kind of, so I don't have to think about it anymore. I like that. But yeah, it's been good. Are you stick? Have you been in nine? Or are you sticking seven? I'm on nine right now. Yeah. I had switched to seven for Palmerton. Just it's. I think it's easier to check the boxes on seven. Nine requires stay power mentally. Mm. You're not getting the gratification as much, but when you get in a roll on nine, you start getting a lot of work done. And that's what a point that I did make as well is just like it can extend progressions. So like you might not get as fit as fast, but you can push things out further. And like Long where I'm time. at right now is that like I have several weeks until big races. So like having a long, I think it's great pre-competition. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Off I, season, I mean, early season. I don't know if I'll switch it as it gets into it just cause I am enjoying it, but I guess I'll see what I'll need once the, once I start racing. See and I, I found it, it really enhances your ability to get all your lifting in. Yeah, it does. I have three strength sessions and I have like four recovery days. <laughs> My strength <laughs> sessions are more recovery days these days anyway. I'm not going too hard uh, that way. But the GVT, you know, nine days is nice. Oh, yeah, because you can build in that. You can build in some recovery. Yeah. yeah. And when you take the recovery, 
it feels productive. Where sometimes in seven, for me, I was like, oh my God, I, could, I, I need to get in more machine work. And it's like yeah. taking away from my recovery. And now it's like, I'm just going to go chill on the trails, going to go chill on the road, do some easy like movement later in the day, call it recovery. I find on seven, it sneaks up on you when you've done a little too much. And on mm -hmm. nine, it sneaks up on you. And then you realize, I think I'm ready for more. Hmm. Which is from a sustainability standpoint, really nice. Like sometimes after a while at seven, I'm trying to fit that. I need that one more thing. I need that. You're like, I need to take some down weeks. I'm kind of burnt. Feels like nine, it's like eventually, all right, I think I need some more work, mm -hmm. which is a mm -hmm. great place to be at when you're already training well. I would agree with that. Yeah. And that's, so it's been, it's felt great from that perspective because I am not feeling overly burnt and I'm still doing, yeah, like 13, 14 hours a week. And it feels that's a lot of good. work. Doing work out here. Got deck of PA, two weeks, going down. Stop. Hometown. That's it. Go in. Do tap the trophy case. That's it. I got to go. Maybe I should go see my pitchers up in the, in the gymnasium back home. Yeah. Better be. Bring them a few options. Frame some things up. Bring them in for them. It's already done. It's already going up. All right. I like it. Really taken. All right, dude. See you soon. Later.